Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. So thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And we are in a new era where we have a, a President Trump as the 45th President of the United States. Whoever would have thought, <laughs> I'm still surprised. Uh, I was at a inauguration party uh, on Friday uh, witnessing uh, that. We'll hear the speech just in case for you folks who have not heard his speech in its entirety. We will have it on the show tonight, and we'll be discussing that. Uh, but I tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to that uh, segment of the show. And so, uh, but we're also going to talk about and talk about first the liberal hysteria. Uh, that we uh, have been witnessing since Friday. And I do got an audio. We're going to start off uh, with that uh, tonight. Of course, we'll hear from Ashley Judge, which is a shame uh, because she's actually one of my favorite actresses, or was. And then we have Madonna, which, you know, I liked her music back in the 80s, not trying to age myself. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, like that. And, man, and then we'll just have a montage. I won't tell you about the last part. The last part, is classic. We'll be hearing about this shortly, uh, but uh, hearing the audio shortly. But de- definitely, uh, you, you'll get a kick out of it uh, for sure. And of course, always uh, check out the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, you can check out the different pages, including our Give page, which we have a, a new uh, organization on there, and that is with our guests we had last week with uh, the Bravery Movie. And uh, you can check that out at braverymovie.com. And you can also reach that through the Give page uh, for any donations or to check it out at com. Go to the Give page, and you'll see in the top left corner uh, where you'll see uh, the link uh, that can take you to the uh, braverymovie.com. And just uh, when you make uh, the donation there on uh, I, I believe it is uh, the GoFundMe. You have an opportunity to make comments. Just let them know that uh, Bard's Logic sent you, and uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, again, uh, check that out on our gift page. We'll be talking more about that uh, this evening uh, throughout the night and uh, referring you over to our uh, podcast where we did a full uh, show on uh, the Bravery movie uh, last week, which you can check out uh, here on Blog Talk Radio, or you can also uh, find 
uh, and download to your mobile devices, a uh, free download on iTunes. And so, as I said, tonight we're going to be talking about liberal hysteria, uh, the inauguration, and the the title got mixed up here, but it's the third day uh, of the Trump administration. One of the things we're going to talk about is, and I've got some articles uh, as well uh, that we'll get to, uh, we're also going to talk about, uh, you know, Trump and DARPA, uh, especially tonight uh, when we talk about uh, the administration and, you know, some other things. We'll be talking about that in the third hour. We'll talk about the inauguration in the second. And tonight, of course, we're going to start off the show by talking about little hysteria. And so what the first going to do is I'm going to play an audio clip. Uh, it's, it's a little montage of three different things. Uh, one, as I mentioned earlier, uh, kind of the uh, railing on of uh, Ashley Judd and, and Madonna. And then I won't give away the third part of the montage, but I think you'll find it quite enlightening and comical. So let's go ahead and listen to that. And I'll tell you what, folks, uh, if you haven't seen this, I mean, I wouldn't say it's particularly scary. I think these folks are kind of has-beens who are just trying to stay in the limelight and still try to be relevant is what I think. That's my take. But let's see what your take is going to be on that. And so, you know what, I've got to um, – a little programming note because I had a meeting for my daughter's school today. So for full disclosure, it's making me run a little bit behind, but I do have uh, the chat open. And uh, so if you'd like to – uh, chime in and uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428 and uh, we'll get you into the show. Uh, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, but let first, let's go ahead and, yeah, there you go. I appreciate that, Kathy. Yeah, I just opened up the chat box uh, for folks that didn't have that opened earlier. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, for those uh, listening live or you on the podcast, let's listen to that montage uh, that I put together for you. A man whose words are a death track to America. Electoral college sanctioned hate speech contaminating this national anthem. I'm not as nasty as Confederate flags being tattooed across my city. Maybe the South actually is going to rise again. Maybe for some, it never really fell. Blacks are still in shackles and graves just for being black. Slavery has been reinterpreted as the prison system in front of people who see melanin as animal skin. I am not as nasty as a swastika painted on a pride flag. And I didn't know devils could be resurrected, but I feel Hitler in these streets a mustache traded for a toupee. Nazis renamed the cabinet electroconversion therapy, the new gas chamber shaming the gay out of America, turning rainbows into suicide. Notes, I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. It seems as though we had all slipped into a false sense of comfort, that justice would prevail and that good would win in the end. 
Well, good did not win this election. But good will win in the end. So what today means is that we are far from the end. Today marks the beginning, the beginning of our story. The revolution starts here. The fight for the right to be free, to be who we are, to be equal. Let's march together through this darkness and with each step know that we are not afraid. That we are not alone. That we will not back down. That there is power in our unity and that no opposing force stands a chance in the face of true solidarity. And to our detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything, fuck you. Fuck you. It is the beginning of much needed change. Change that will require sacrifice, people. Change that will require many of us to make different choices in our lives. But this is the hallmark of revolution. So, my question to you today is, are you ready? I said, are you ready? Say yes, we're ready. Say yes, we're ready. One more time, you're ready. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. But I know... Uh, a lot of them are out here protesting about they want to see decency in the White House. They're fighting against things like rape culture. So I thought I'd ask them about a little woman that you might have heard of, Juanita Broderick. She's a woman who says that President Bill Clinton raped her back in the 1970s and that she was threatened by Hillary Clinton. Except I did a little something different. I said that her allegations were against Donald Trump. And this is what folks had to say. Juanita Broderick, you probably already know, this is a woman who has said that uh, President Trump raped her back in the 70s. Amazing. You know, and I, I'm just, I'm wondering if it's time we start believing all victims and, and maybe see this man convicted, impeached even. I just think there's so many problems with all of that statement. Like, the fact that we even have a president in office where something like this is surrounding his reputation. For anyone else, this would be over. Like, it's, it's just un, it's unbelievable. I guess it's just 
what money can buy and a slick word can do. You know, there's a woman named uh, Juanita Broderick who has accused uh, President Trump of rape, dating back to the 70s. You've probably heard of it. And uh, I'm just wondering if you think that we should take this a little bit more seriously, maybe look into charges, conviction, and even impeachment. Yes. Yes, definitely. I was I was sad that they dropped the case, but I hear that she had death threats against her, so it was too bad. She talked about threats for sure. Yeah, I, it's just wrong. I mean, he's he's a predator and he's a rapist, and I can't believe that people think that it's okay to have somebody like this leading our country. What is this woman going to benefit from from lying? I mean, he's already the president of the United States. Like, people who come forward with these kind of allegations should be listened to. They should always be listened to. One of the issues that keeps coming up is a woman named Juanita Broderick, who has accused President Trump of raping her back in the 70s. You've probably heard of it. Um, do you think it's time that we, we charge Trump, that we convict him and see him impeached? I think that any legal action that we can take to legitimize the concerns that have been brought this alleged uh, sexual assault would absolutely be worth pursuing. There's been enough of that brought forward. Like Paula Jones, same thing. Exactly. If he assaulted somebody, then that's a crime and he should be impeached. When anybody tells you they've been assaulted, I believe you. I don't care what anybody else has to say. I believe you. And everybody should believe you, and that's all there is to it. We should always believe victims. Do you think it would be right that we look into this more seriously, that we possibly convict President Trump, maybe even lead to an impeachment? Oh, absolutely. Anybody. I don't care who it is, and especially the President of the United States. You know, um, there's Paula Jones as well, and he might be a rapist. I would not be surprised. I am not surprised. I think that absolutely he is. Um, and it's disgusting. I think we have a moral imperative as a country that values, like, human dignity to move forward with the impeachment process. And so says, <laughs> that's the part that's got me, uh, that, that had me cracking up. Unbelievable. I wonder if they would have been saying the same things if they were, uh, if, if they really knew that was about, uh, you know, you know, about Clinton, Hill, uh, Bill Clinton. I mean, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. And, and you know, also I've seen, and, and, and man, I, I'm going to make comment of this after uh, the quote, and I do see Susan, you'd like to get on, and I'll, I'll get you in. And, and and so, my, you know, my kind of comments on it is that one, we'll start with Ashley Judd. I mean, what the hell is she, you know, smoking? But anyway, not that I care if people do that, but, but seriously, though. And, and later on in, in her rants, she's talking about how she's pissed off, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, that now that they have to pay ta- tax on, on tampons and, and pads while you don't have to pay tax on Rogaine and Viagra. And let's be honest, folks. Viagra helps the women out just as much as it helps help the men. Really? I mean, think about it. I mean, it, it does. I mean, it helps them out just as much as it helps the guys. So I don't want to hear any complaint about that. But she's heard, I mean, she's ranting and she's talking about her period and this and that. I mean, she's going off the deep end. If you will, you know, go and listen to the rest of the uh, of her rant. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then, and then of Madonna, I tell you what, with Madonna, if it was anyone else. Or, you know, if they were talking about blowing up the White House and that came from you or me, let me tell you something. We'd have the FBI or the Secret Service knocking on our door. Well, you know, is she going to get arrested? Is she at least going to get investigated or questioned? Uh, she should, I think. I mean, seriously. I mean, that would be considered – I mean, someone would have said that about Obama. That probably been like that, the threat against the president. And, you know, I'm back to uh, 
and, and, and back to the first lady, uh, compared it to Hitler. I mean, Trump hasn't done anything yet. I mean, he I mean, he has not done anything yet. And I'll get tired of all these, you know, you know, all these uh, allegations of being like Hitler. I mean, they did that to President Bush, if you remember. You know, but oh my gosh, if you know, if even hinted saying that about Obama when he was, uh, I mean, when he was in office, you know, you're oh my gosh, you're a racist. But of course, you can't. You know, you can say whatever you want about Trump. You know, because let's be honest, because he's white. You know, seriously, it's like you can say anything you want against white people, but boy, you say anything, and it doesn't have to do with the race. And, and you know, and, and it's a racial remark. But you know, Obama's gone. That's you know, that's great. You know, we're you know, real happy to have it. And then you know, these ladies at the end showing how ignorant they are. I mean, they don't even know what the hell they're protesting for. They don't even know what they want. They're afraid they're going to lose rights that that Trump hasn't even done yet. You know, I mean, yeah, there's certain things that you know, when it comes to Planned Parenthood and abortion, and you know, things of that nature. Uh, but anyway, you know, I don't know how long how long this will last. But let's go ahead and get one of uh, our female panel songs. Has she seen any of those? Movies or or, or or videos, or she likes to make comment on this, you know, women's march across the America and some even saying the world. Uh, but what what do you think about that, Susan? Uh, you just had to bring that up about Capitol because it's not, we're not even in the ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God! It's just gross to even talk about. It. I mean, I, commercials are bad enough, and now we got that. And I saw some of those. People walking around with fake blood, I'm sure it's paint, on their pants with women and men in hajibs or whatever you call those headdress. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. And I was just like gagging. I mean, it was horrible. I, I the, the, the pink looking whatever they wrapped around their face, and you know what I'm talking about. Oh, well, they were calling good. them, yeah, they, yeah, but they were calling them as. Yeah, I won't even say on the air because this is a family show. So even though you know in the audio they the uh, Madonna drops a couple f you know f bombs, and I try to warn people ahead of time. So oh, oh, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just, uh, but I will never. Meryl Street, all of them. I will never anything they're part of or selling. I will never have anything to do with it. It's, I don't care if it was Rand Paul or if it was Donald Trump. I don't care. I'm not gonna. Ew. Never mind. It's just horrible. I can barely talk about it. It's just disgusting. It's disgusting. At what were the women's names that she said that Donald Trump had raped? What was the name she gave? Oh, well, well yeah, well, she said it was uh, uh, Broderick. Uh, that is actually she, what she was doing. She was talking about the, the women that accused uh that accused Bill Clinton of raping him. She just switched it and said, instead of it being Bill Clinton, uh, she said it was Donald Trump. I mean, she was she was doing that on purpose because she oh, wanted to see how ignorant these people were and see, you know, and see, now if they would say that about, uh, I wish she would have taken it further and said, well, actually that wasn't Trump. Actually, that was Bill Clinton. Do you still think, do you still think the same thing? You know what I mean? Of course, they would have been caught and they'd been like, uh, Oh, uh, yeah, even though we know that's not the case. I thought I was hearing things. Uh, oh, and by the way, you now have Jerry Brown saying that he is not going to do anything that Trump says. He's going to protect his immigrants, expand health care, 
and so on and so forth. And I'm just like, what I put him wrote on uh, is just a couple sentences. Get the hell out of this country. California, go with you. Hit the road, Jerry Brown. And I put the link to hit the road, Jack. Uh, I mean, he's as disgusting as those women. But you do know that uh, Soros is, uh, he put money into the women's marches. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and oh, I yeah. And actually, I thought I had a, um, you know, it's not, at one point I thought I had an, uh, an article on that. Um, I did have an article, but I can't, <laughs> I can't find it uh, where I was talking about, you know, Soros, uh, you know, kind of funding that. You are yeah. you know, some of the organizations. He did. No, I do have. Uh, go ahead. Oh, and you you saw the stuff about the two different. Uh, well, one was a comedian, and the other one was yeah, I think so too. Making comments about Baron Trump, and uh, the one is was was Saturday Night Live or something. She put it on Twitter. Right. Another liberal comic targets Baron Trump as a guy. He thinks he's funny, I guess. He's got kind of long hair, and his. Um, he mentioned that if his mother had to be raped, it would be nice if it was by Baron Trump or something like that. And because uh, that's ridiculous. Dope. Yeah, and I was put. He should be hung by his. You know what? Who says that about a ten-year-old? A pervert who wants to molest him that too, that unless you're a pervert in this one, he is. Couldn't I as Ivanka and this guy is eyeing the boy. I'm serious. I believe this guy is a pervert that is eyeing Baron Trump. I mean, where I had gone through that when I was a kid, being molested, I, I you know, hearing and reading that stuff and seeing this guy, he is a pervert. I'm not kidding you. I could tell it after I read the article. Um, I should actually post that to you in you know, on the message thing, but this guy is sick. I mean, you don't say that just like that gal shouldn't have. I mean, I'm never in my life. I'm never it doesn't matter what I agree with Trump on something, there's just some things you don't say or do no matter what. And just well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable what these guys, you know, the way the, the way they're just freaking out about it. It's, you know, it's crazy. I mean, they really have, and then, you know, I mean, I wish I would have had more, you know, I don't want to spend the whole night playing, uh, you know, a montage of, you know, of audios, and I do have, an, you know, an article where I'm going to read here uh, shortly, and then we'll, you know, we'll make some comment on that, you know, on, on the point, and this is, you know, from, you know, Canadian Free Press is, you know, the article that, you know, we'll be doing at the bottom of the hour, um, but, you know, I got a message out. Oh. <laughs> Oh, here you go. Is this the link that you just sent me? Uh, yeah, that on that one. There was another one, but yeah, that's the one. Oh yeah, this guy. Okay. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and here, here's the article, and I'll go ahead and uh, and read it that you put here, and here's some of the uh, um, some of the comments. It says, uh, oh, I just got a, a text, but I'll read this. It says uh, Donald Trump's presidency has sent the left into a violent psychotic rage uh and uh this is a senior americans association so but i don't pick on people their own side so cowardly liberals are targeting the rage of 10 year old baron trump and the latest episode of liberal hate is the sickest most perverted yet 
And he comments posted to Twitter, uh, Stephen Spinola not only called the child uh, date rapist-to-be and commented on the size of the little boy's genitals, uh, the Daily Carter captured two tweets. Baron Trump looks like a very handsome rape rapist-to-be, Spinola first tweeted. Uh, what he posted next was even sicker. I don't want my mom to get raped, but if she does, I hope it's by Baron Trump, Spinola wrote. Small PP uh, would be painless, and we'd win a lot of money in court. He later deleted the tweets and apologized. Spinola listened himself as a Comedy Central contributor, though he may be a, that may be a joke. He claims to have appeared on the network's midnight program and the Huffington Post. Comedy Central denies Spinola has ever worked at the network. Uh, and then there's the, the tweets. I mean, that, that's just amazing. At least people are, you know, it doesn't look like they're promoting them. The one guy says, scum being scum, nothing more. Stop giving said scum the notoriety it seeks. Uh, all that amounts to is rewarding a rabid dog for biting you. Uh, and then, and, and, uh, and yet another lib coward. Um, this one's, this one's uh, Spinella is just another libtard snowflake coward. Uh, however, if the libtards and snowflakes keep this crap up, they will soon be met by overwhelming force instead of just the overwhelming intellect they now face. Um, and then one guy like this one says, this guy needs to meet the Trump bikers up close and personal. <laughs> so that's hilarious, uh, on, on, you know, on that, uh, on, on that reaction there. Yeah, uh, but I'm telling you, this guy is a pervert. Just, I, I just reading what he said, he is a pervert that would love to get his hands on that kid. I'm telling you, I can sense it sometimes when you've been through it. You sense it. You don't talk about. I'm sorry, Susan. Oh, go ahead. I said you don't talk about a guy, a kid's genitals, unless you're eyeing them yourself. Yeah, I know. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's it's ridiculous. What's your name? Yeah, and then it's good. Another link. You. Yeah, it's uh, who, who's uh, Sherry uh, Burns or Barons? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sherry Barons says an American woman living in e- uh, in Egypt, women's march towards Islam. Uh, oh. That's the name of the article uh, that you sent to me. That she's there, the Muslim group in Egypt. They are they they were in shock that we would be supporting um, was it Hajib? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm pronouncing it wrong. I know. Um, they saw they went through the first thing where the Christians and everybody was taking the one guy out and putting the other one in, and then they went through the second and. They're they're struggling with our stupidity. Even in Egypt, Muslim women do not desecrate the Egyptian flag by wearing it as a headscarf. And uh, the women in the coffee shop were agitated. We have been fighting to remove the headscarf. Why are these stupid women putting them on? (laughs) The Egyptian women are not impressed with American women. So that's why I sent that to you, because I found that, and I just... I'm just tired of wow. that. Wow. Yeah, just, you know, it, 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 it's just as I said earlier, you know, I think it really, uh, I think it really shows, uh, it really shows their ignorance. Um, and we got a comment here 
on Facebook, uh, let's see, on the Facebook page, uh, oh, they just sent a picture, uh, on the Facebook page there on Ohio for Donald Trump, uh, you know, the picture, uh, this is this lady with some huge looking, uh, uh, pajama bottom panties. So sometimes you just have to put on your big girl pants and deal with it. <laughs> so I guess that's, uh, I guess it's uh, his comment, uh, now. Uh, on, on the post, you know, and that, that brings up a good, um, and hopefully, uh, I'm going to make a, well, and, and that's, I think that's a, a point I want to, I want to bring up since we're at the bottom of the hour and that is part of the show. Well, we are going to get you in John. Uh, and, and so, and we'll, we'll get to that article as well. Uh, cause I, we, we may be having our uh, segments go quickly here. Um, and so, and then that's another thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, and we talked about this last week. You know, posting on Facebook. Uh, you know, and, and I think where I think social media has both helped and hurt uh, activism. And what I mean by that, if you haven't listened to last week's show, and I definitely uh, suggest you check out last week's show about the BraveryMovie dot com, as well as check it out at www.braverymovie.com. dot com. And they are still, uh, would like to get some donations there uh, to help them start that movie. You can see the video. You can also check out the website uh, by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Check out our gift page, and you'll see on the top left corner uh, where you'll see uh, there as well. And uh, now we, you know, of course, Bards Logic doesn't get anything from the gifts, and they are gifts. Uh, so, and, and it would be appreciated uh, if, if you donate. Uh, to that and, and make a difference. And as I was stating earlier, is that you know, I, you know, I love it when people post on, on my. Uh, I don't want to say post on my post. That's redundant. But you know, make comments on my posts on Facebook and Twitter. You know, and I, and I love the participation. Uh, but however, you know, we we want to move Bart's logic from being not just a talk show to a, a show of action. We're going to talk more about that tonight especially during the, the last segment where we're talking about the third day of the Trump administration. And so, you know, we want to, you know, of course we want to need to talk about things, but we want to do it to take action. Of course, one of those actions is uh, to check out that website at www.braverymovie.com. Uh, but as well as, you know, you see all these liberals getting out, right, and, and getting on the streets. And, and, and that might not be the, the way conservatives work and, and how conservatives do things. Uh, but they are active, and we need to get active. We need to get active too, and not just posting on Facebook. Unfortunately, well, as much as I enjoy people making comments to my posts, and uh, you know, and, and making postings on that, I really don't think that's activism. I think that while I think Facebook and Twitter and things of that nature may have helped inform uh, some people, you know, with different links and different avenues, different alternative medias. Uh, things of that nature, but I think it also has hurt uh, activism in that, you know, people, armchair activists, I'm sure you heard the term, uh, where people just, you know, they think by clicking a like or making a post on Facebook or, or other social media, uh, they're being active. And frankly, in my opinion, uh, that's not the case. But if you disagree, I mean, you're willing to uh, contact me at the Bard's Logic Political Talk contact page. Uh, on the contact portal, uh, you make comments to me if you disagree, and, and we can have that discussion here. But let's go ahead and bring in John. So let's thank, uh, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? 
Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself, Robert? Good, good. Uh, just kind of scrambling today. I had a meeting for my, my daughter at her school. Unfortunately, uh, it's a dance club for her high school. And unfortunately, they, they, the, the meetings they have happened, just happened to be in the same night uh, as uh, the show. So it was a little little pressed for time, but, you know, be that as it may. Uh, doing well and uh, happy to have, uh, you know, this show after the inauguration. We'll talk more about that in our second segment and then, uh, coming up in the next half hour. Uh, but, yeah, uh, they, uh, ha- happy to have a Trump administration in right now. So uh, tell us your thoughts on, on what you've heard so far. Well, I'm thinking I hope we as a culture don't kind of start trampling all over our First Amendment right of freedom of speech. And then, because, you know, that tends to happen even now, because throughout history, every presidential election, there's always a certain group of people or a faction of people that are out a bit more boisterous than they normally would, kind of airing their grievances and just venting, so to speak. And they say some things that maybe you and I wouldn't say or that get a little bit too close to the edge. But they're still Americans, and they still have the right to freedom of speech. But it does make me stop. Well, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't take that away from them. I just think they're idiots. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, it does make me stop and think that, hey, I need to kind of watch my own P's and Q's too because, you know, the only way we really can move forward is if we unify. And that they probably feel very similar to most of us in the sense that every eight years, so to speak, we get this extreme fluctuation where, oh, we want the left, oh, we want the right, oh, we want the left. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? It seems to be that's the way it's been going for a long time. And I think, in my humble opinion, it's part of the way the system is rigged. That I mean, think uh, about I, it. I have to agree with you on that, too. The very, the very people that we elect to go to office they go into office, and they are supposedly our representatives, but not all America feels represented. They go into office, and then they, they dictate that you're going to tell them exactly 100% of how much you earn, whether you want to tell them or not, whether you like it or not, without your consent. And then they figure out how much you earn, and then they decide, they dictate how much they're going to keep and how much they're going to allow you to use of your own hard-earned money. And they dictate that to you, and then it don't matter if you like it or not, whether you consent to it or not, whether it's against your will or not, they're going to do it, and then they decide of the portion of your hard-earned money that they're going to keep. They're going to spend it the way they want to spend it, whether you like it or not, whether you know, you're in agreement or not against your will without your consent. Then the portion that they decide that you get to keep of your own hard-earned money, they put all these limits and boundaries and tell you who, what, where, when you can spend it and how much you can draw out of your account at a certain time and this and that, put all these different rules and regulations on all this stuff without your consent, without your buy-in, whether you like it or not. And then they get you to pay for all the tools and all of the systems that they use to track and monitor you and data all your information in order to prove that you are guilty until you prove yourself innocent. And at the very end, that kind of representation is no more than what a pimp represents its prostitute. 
and we say we have a representative government. So all these factions on both ends, every so many years, don't get included by mutual assent as an equal citizen to have their will enacted, codified, ratified into law. So we continue to have an oligarchy of people that say there's about 3,000 or 10,000 people that make up our government, that make all the decisions. They decide the will of all of the rest of the 300 and some odd million of us, and the rest of us, we are just legislative slaves like a pimp is to a prostitute. So they're frustrated, and I've been there. I know the feeling. That's why I keep saying we've Yeah, got but you to didn't run out in the street and destroy cars and scream and say F you to everybody and stuff like that, did you? No, I'm saying everybody vents their frustration the way they do it, but it's still their First Amendment right to do so, just as you said earlier. And that's well, the talk, but not the smash cars and stuff like that. I mean, there's been – yeah, but there's been right, you know, there's been uh, pillaging and, you know, burning cars and breaking stuff and, and doing that stuff. That's certainly not within their First Amendment right. Right, but that's due to the fact that they're – and I'm not trying to protect because I have my own little bubble I live in, and we all have our own little bubble. We all look at life and our worldview from our own bubble, and if we aren't considerate of other people's bubble, then our bubbles – for example, if you want to be able to put an oil derrick in your backyard – well, you better be protecting your neighbor's right to say, no, they don't want it, uh, old Derek, in their backyard, because if you tell them they don't have the right to make that choice that some other group of people gets to decide that for them, then you're saying that you don't have the right to decide for yourself what goes in your yard. You've you've elevated somebody else to the position of Lord. Now you're not equal citizens. You don't have equal protections, equal immunities. And they're, I'm just saying they're venting their frustration the way they would, and you and I, we vent our frustration the way we would. But if they, just like you and I, don't feel represented in the government that's supposed to be self-governing, but how can you self-govern if you aren't even allowed to decide what burdens you and encumbers you, somebody else does. They take that responsibility away from you. They take your money, spend it the way they want to. They tell you how you can spend the money they let you keep of your own hard-earned money, representing you like a pimp represents a prostitute. And you say that, that, that you're getting your equal citizenhood lifted up and held as, as an equal citizen? No, you've been relegated to a slave, just a new form of slavery in today's world. The promise of our founding and the spirit of our founding in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution has never been worked out in the real world. We've had that promise and the spirit, but the letter has never been achieved. And all I'm saying is the more people that we get together, the more people, each person has their own unique worldview bubble that they live in. I can't dictate for you what's right for you in order for you to pursue your happiness, but you know it better than I do. The more people we get together to find mutual assent on the laws, the processes and procedures of how we treat each other, how we interact with each other, and how we relate to each other, the less likely we're going to have people that's willing to say the kind of grossly um, 
don't even know what the word. Were these people? Were these people who made these speeches, though, John? Uh, I mean, they 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 heard Trump's speech. We're going to be playing uh, the speech in its entirety uh, in the next segment, and you know, and, and and we'll make some commentary on that. And 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 I would say that you know he was trying to bring people together. These people aren't trying to bring the people together. They're not trying to bring the nation together. They're trying to split us, split us apart. And they're trying to say it's their way or the highway. And while they do have the right, you know, to say what they want to say, they certainly don't have the right to get out, you know. You know, go out in the street and, and have riots and beat people up and things of that nature. You're certainly not saying they have the right to do that, do you? I'm saying that that's the that's the history of humanity since the founding of the earth. Every but, but they don't. But, but I'm asking is they don't have the right. They don't. But but that, it's not their first amendment right to beat people up and and each you know each and, and riot and destroy property, right? Each individual determined is has their own right. No, 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 no. Answer my John, John. We, we we love you, man. But answer my question. Do they have a First Amendment right to, to riot and destroy things? That's what I'm trying. Well, that's to not explain. what you're saying, is it? You're looking at it. You're looking at it through your own personal lens, and I'm saying the history. I, I, of no, America I don't care about. That. I don't care about that. Do I'm asking you your opinion. I mean, John, I'm asking you your opinion. Do you think they have a First Amendment right to destroy other people's property because they think it's okay? But He's you're so looking at it through your lens. You can't. I'm asking you your opinion. I'm not. I'm not saying mine. I'm asking you through your. I'm asking you in your mode of thinking and your opinion. Do you think it's their First Amendment right to destroy somebody's property? Robert, you're asking me from your world bubble perspective. And I'm I asking you a question. Do way. you think – the way John, we have these discussions. And yes or no? It's a yes or no answer. It's not. It is not a yes or no answer. That's your Do you think they have the right? It's a yes or no answer. And that's why we have to look – my personal perspective is you look back throughout history, it doesn't matter what the Constitution and the laws are. If you feel that those particular people are running roughshod over you, they don't. it doesn't matter. Then you use whatever mechanisms you can in order to get your own justice. That's history, human nature, natural law. Okay, but, but, but now let's, let's, let's answer the question yes or no. Do you think it's someone's First Amendment right to destroy someone else's property, even if they th- if they think it's right, if they think they're okay in doing it? That's not even a fair question to ask because you don't. How, have how is that not a fair question? How how because John? Tell how is that not a fair question? You d- tell me what the person the person that under a First Amendment do they have any? Is there any laws against action? Those that's about is talking. There's laws against so destruction of other people's property. Uh, that, okay, Let, let's okay. Let's say someone throws a okay. Let's say someone's right John. Not, wait, right uh, let me finish. Let me. Here's my analogy. Here's my analogy. Let's say someone's mad for whatever reason. For whatever reason, they're mad for whatever reason. Let's say they did. Let's use what what we got here. They're they're not happy with the way the election went, and they threw a rock through your window of your home. Did they have a right to do that? Is it their right to be able to throw that rock through your window? With the, with more information, I would say yes, they do. They have a, so they have a rock 
They have the right to throw rock through your window. Yes, they yeah. have a right to throw a rock through my window. Okay, and and should they and, and they and they should be able to be able to do that without without punishment. And do you want me to answer why I said yes? They have that right to do that. Well, for well, and we, we could get to that, but do that? Should they be punished for that? Should they be arrested for that? On a whole, it depends on a whole lot of other issues. That's what I'm saying. You can't ask these really. Why should they you know, not be arrested for for damaging your property? It's it's you it's your property. The, they you damaged it. Yeah, but Robert. You're an intellectual person. You can't ask a $5 question and expect a $64 million answer. That's like apples and oranges. No. If you want to ask $5 questions, you're going to get $5 answers that don't answer your real problem. You're back to those problems that you continue to perpetrate because you don't answer the get to the root. I disagree. But you're trying to state that people have a right to throw a rock through my window, and no, they don't. They live, they live, they, they, or my window. They live in the society that we live in, and if you and I are too narrow-minded to understand that every citizen should be represented in this world that we live in, this United States world, when I say world, then we are in error of omitting them from their rightful place in self-governing. We've uh, we've elevated ourselves to Lord and dictating to them what the rules and regulations and whatnot be. So therefore, what do they do? And I'm looking back over over throughout humanity. This is natural law that's happened every time any great society come to a catastrophe, disaster on the same principle. The society gets so myopic and they feel that they can dictate this and that, that they take their eyes off the fact that we have to look out for each other. Otherwise, the people that are in that society get completely out of control and it destroys the whole country. And that's where I have to be concerned about them and their rightful place in governing. I can't elevate myself to Lord and try to tell them what's right and wrong for their life because they live in their bubble. I can't be responsible for their bubble and then also what they don't do. If I'm going to make myself what about the rule of law? Is is there no rule of law or is it it anarchy? But if you're going to make yourself responsible for other people's um, decisions, in other words, deprive them of the right to decide for themselves, then you're responsible to take the heat of how well, they you're talking about anarchy. You're, I'm saying you have to work by mutual assent. You're saying it's anarchy. I'm saying it's. I'm, I, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the world. I'm saying that worldview is impossible. You cannot have 100 percent mutual assent. It can't. It, it's never existed. It's never going to exist. It's, it isn't. I, I mean, it's. it's I mean, there's no. There's no way to get. I mean, we. You, you would. There's no way to have that. Yeah, so That's why I say that means everyone could get. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's like saying, well, hey, man, if I'm so low down on the totem pole, my kid will never go to college, so I ain't even going to try to help him get to college. You still try to do the best you can, even though the perfect 100% okay. but, but, be so, uh, and let's go by and, and let's go, and so let's go by, by by my analogy. And so by allowing someone to throw a rock through your window, you're allowing them to practice their uh, their First Amendment right of free speech. Is that what you're saying? 
No, that's what you were asking me if that was a free a first. Well, amendment. I'm asking you if that's what you're saying. Do what? Well, let's go. You know what? Maybe we'll continue this way. We actually have ten more minutes before we have to go back to our next uh, uh, com uh, our next segment. So let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Kelly, thank you for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I see Kelly puts the one on the number dial, so I got to uh, open your mic here. Okay, well, maybe he's, uh, Kelly's having some uh, technical difficulties there, so we'll uh, bring him in when... Uh, So, you know, we'll, uh, well, I hear, is that Robert? you, Kelly? I hear some wind. Maybe you're driving. Yeah, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to call back in later. I had a, uh, oh, I help at the homeless shelter. I just got a call in. We might have to call the police or remove somebody. So I have to pay full attention to that. So I'll, I'll check in later, I guess. Okay. Well, just remember this, that you could call in before the top of the next hour. And you won't be able to call in at that point. Uh, if if, if yeah. you do that, but you already know that. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, good All luck, right, Kelly. Man. Be safe, and uh, now remember, never mind. I was going to say uh, do a little point of sarcasm, but I'm not going to. Uh, so we only got about ten minutes till we're going to be going to our next statement, our segment, and that is to go to uh, talk about the inauguration. And I've got some points on that. And here's a uh, an article. Uh, that I'm going to read from, and hopefully we'll have some time for some comments, but I do want to, uh, maybe this will be how we'll end the, the next segment, and we'll, maybe we'll have to have that to, uh, debate another time, John. Thank you. And so uh, now this is from the uh, Canadian Free Press, and so our Canada Free Press. And so uh, the title of the article is Hating America Through Anti-Trump Movement. Says, and, and this is an opinion piece, so uh, we'll go. Okay, we'll go from there. And so it says, and you'll kind of get a flavor pretty early on in this article. It says, "Tools, mindless and obedient automatons." Those are the most accurate words that come to mind when it comes to the foaming at the mouth liberal left hysteria movement following the election and inauguration of President Donald J. Trump. The liberal left loons believe the ridiculous and obviously erroneous propaganda being spouted by the liberal media, Democrat politicians, and completely out of their mind entertainment. And I'll have this posted on, uh, if I haven't already, on the Bard's Logic Political Talk page uh, for those who want to check it out. And so also it says the uh, okay, Democrat politicians and completely out of their mind entertainment lefties and like good little minions, the Hillary Clinton supporting screaming heads acting out in a violent and vulgar manner against the election and inauguration of President Donald J. Trump. In truth, they remind me more of petulant children who didn't get their way because a knowing parent who understands the folly of their demands decided otherwise than they do of anyone with any common sense or common decency. My son, after attending a film at the local mall in Temecula, California last night, came home to tell me about the 20-somethings running around with desecrated American flags, shredded and torn, in the space between the mall and the movie theater, 
shining profanities about Trump and anyone who supports his couple-days-old presidency. Fresh out of high school or likely in college, these children refuse to do their own research, taking the hysterical leftist teachings of their education to heart. Through media and the entertainment industry, they have been taught to be angry and lash out when they don't get their way. To, like, hypnotize lackeys, they're about making fools of themselves with their idiotic and immature rants and failed attempts at Saul Alinsky-style agitation. A lifetime of indoctrination and a leftist educational system has done its damage. Recent polls show the younger millennials leaning towards supporting communism, even though they really don't understand what the Marxist philosophies are really all about. And they have no clue about the massive failure and murderous atrocities of Marxism, not only in the Soviet Union, Cuba, and Venezuela, but in places where the media has been more successful in hiding or glossing over the truth, such as China, Southeast Asia, and Central America. The moronic and mindless temper tantrums are not only being seen committed by members of the younger generation, who fortunately does not represent everyone in their age group, but also among the remainder of the liberal left progressive socialist commie bastard community. I thought that was hilarious. A woman's march in Washington, D.C. Remember, this is from the uh, Canada Free Press, folks. A woman's march in Washington, and this is people seeing this from the outside of our country. A woman's march in Washington, D.C. has become nasty and included Madonna throwing around the F-bomb, as we heard tonight, uh, on live television and recommending that the White House be blown up. And Ashley Judd, who said, I'm not as nasty as your own daughter being your favorite sex symbol, your wet dreams infused with your own genes. Imagine if such things had been said after Obama took office. The perpetrators would have been investigated for making terrorist threats against the one. Liberal left progressive socialist commie, peace, love, dope, tolerance, however, also emerged when they found out among their feminist ranks were pro-lifers. Those who dare to uh, dare to speak out against the wholesale slaughter of innocent babies were thrown out to, of the orgy of hate. How dare they disgrace the feminists on the satanic ritual of killing innocent and defenseless babies in the womb. Among the protesters were also those who displayed ISIS flags and beheading videos, a clear message encouraging the overthrow of the United States government again. Activities that would not have been tolerated and would have been investigated for treason had it not uh, had it been a right of sender rallies when Obama took office in 2008. And by the way, there are no disgusting displays of violence and hate by conservatives back then. And the few photos that the liberal left tried to provide as evidence to the contrary were quickly dismissed as Democratic Party and leftist infiltrators trying to make the Tea Party and other conservative groups look bad. In California, the Democrats aren't satisfied with the Trump win either. They believe they must double down their indoctrination of the younger generation in public schools. Enter stage left AB 155, which explained as being a piece of legislation that would have teachers instruct students on how to recognize fake news. In other words, teach them how to recognize and reject dissent against the liberal left totalitarian message. While they won't admit it, what the left and 
what the liberal left Democrats want of the liberal uh, for the liberal left version of Hitler's youth to emerge. The anti-Trump freakout, even as the left is trying to use homeland security to take over the elections. And remember, folks, we did talk about them having homeland security monitor our elections. Okay, so they won't lose another one in the future. The Democrats truly desire to uh, silence all dissent and move America towards a tyrannical one-party system. And that's kind of what we're facing, and that's one of the reasons what they're trying to do by putting rocks through people's windows is because they want to frighten us, and they're the ones who really want to take away our First Amendment right of speech. And so that's going to close out uh, the first segment uh, of tonight. And so I'm going to do a little programming note. Uh, we are going to move into uh, – and when we see Kelly, uh, we see you back called in. Just put the one on your number dial uh, when you are able. And so as a programming note, uh, before we move into the inauguration, which I do have this speech in the entirety, uh, I will be uh, keeping the mics open. So let's uh, mute our mics if we need to so we can hear uh, the – speech, and we'll make commentary afterwards. Uh, but while we're doing that, uh, listen to the speech. Of course, you're also welcome to uh, check out the, the Bards Logic Political Talk website by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, as well as check out uh, the different links that we have to the, our other shows, including the one that we had last week uh, featuring braverymovie.com, whereas you could go there directly. Or through the Bards Logic Political Talks Give page, uh, you can access uh, the donation links. Uh, and so try, try that out. And we recommend using it through the, uh, it looks like the, uh, what do they call it? I'm having a brain freeze here. Uh, but they have it through the GoFundMe page. But then you can make comments. And one of the comments you can make there is letting folks know that you donated uh, after hearing it on the show, whether you're hearing it live. Uh, or listening to uh, the podcast. Uh, so <clears throat> definitely check that out on the Bards Logic Give page. And if you agree or disagree with any of my statements tonight, uh, you are welcome to message me, uh, send me a message through the contact page as well. So check out the contact portal uh, where you can uh, send me uh, a message. And perhaps we could come on the show and have a further discussion on that. Uh, so definitely uh, check that out, as well as uh, if you're just tuning in the show or fast-forwarding or through the show uh, on your mobile device, uh, you can also pick up the show live for free. Not live, I'm sorry. Podcast for free on iTunes, so you can download that to your mobile device. Uh, and so also you can follow the show and get emails uh, from me uh, stating uh, what the next show or uh, the just ended show will be by clicking that follow button here on blog talk radio and you'll be able to follow the show of course you can also find us on facebook you can also find me on twitter so if you like to follow the host uh, you can follow me there on twitter and, and, and get the tweets out and so what we're going looking at here is you know talking about the inauguration which of course was this past friday uh, i was at a uh, inauguration party. Uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, but I was really impressed with the speech, which we're going to hear uh, momentarily. And so let's go ahead and plug that in so we can hear it just in case for either yourselves here listening live or listening to uh, the podcast. 
if you did miss the full speech in its entirety. And again, I will have uh, our mics open, so let's mute those uh, just in case uh, we, you know, there's anything in the background. So here we have Trump's inaugural speech in its entirety. Chief Justice Roberts, President Carter, President Clinton, President Bush, President Obama, fellow Americans, and people of the world, thank you. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Together, we will determine the course of America and the world for many, many years to come. We will face challenges. We will confront hardships. But we will get the job done. Every four years, we gather on these steps to carry out the orderly and peaceful transfer of power. And we are grateful to President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama for their gracious aid throughout this transition. They have been magnificent. Thank you. Today's ceremony, however, has very special meaning, because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes starting right here and right now, because this moment is your moment. It belongs to you. It belongs to everyone gathered here today and everyone watching all across America. This is your day. This is your celebration. And this the United States of America is your country. What truly matters 
is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. January 20th, 2017 will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. Everyone is listening to you now. You came by the tens of millions to become part of a historic movement the likes of which the world has never seen before. At the center of this movement is a crucial conviction that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Americans want great schools for their children, safe neighborhoods for their families, and good jobs for themselves. These are just and reasonable demands of righteous people and a righteous public. But for too many of our citizens, a different reality exists. Mothers and children trapped in poverty in our inner cities, rusted out factories scattered like tombstones across the landscape of our nation, an education system flush with cash, but which leaves our young and beautiful students deprived of all knowledge. And the crime, and the gangs, and the drugs that have stolen too many lives and robbed our country of so much unrealized potential. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. We are one nation, and their pain is our pain. Their dreams are our dreams, and their success will be our success. We share one heart, one home, and one glorious destiny. The oath of office I take today is an oath of allegiance to all Americans. For many decades, we've enriched foreign industry at the expense of American industry, subsidized the armies of other countries while allowing for the very sad depletion of our military. We've defended other nations' borders while refusing to defend our own. And spent trillions and trillions of dollars overseas while America's infrastructure has fallen into disrepair and decay. We've made other countries rich while the wealth, strength, and confidence of our country has dissipated over the horizon. One by one, the factories shuttered and left our shores with not even a thought about the millions and millions of American workers 
that were left behind. The wealth of our middle class has been ripped from their homes and then redistributed all across the world. But that is the past. And now we are looking only to the future. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. America will start winning again, winning like never before. We will bring back our jobs. We will bring back our borders. We will bring back our wealth. And we will bring back our dreams. We will build new roads and highways and bridges and airports and tunnels and railways all across our wonderful nation. We will get our people off of welfare and back to work, rebuilding our country with American hands and American labor. We will follow two simple rules, buy American and hire American. We will seek friendship and goodwill with the nations of the world. But we do so with the understanding that it is the right of all nations to put their own interests first. We do not seek to impose our way of life on anyone, but rather to let it shine as an example. We will shine for everyone to follow. We will reinforce old alliances and form new ones and unite the civilized world against radical Islamic terrorism, which we will eradicate completely from the face of the earth. At the bedrock of our politics will be a total allegiance to the United States of America. And through our loyalty to our country, we will rediscover 
our loyalty to each other. When you open your heart to patriotism, there is no room for prejudice. The Bible tells us how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. We must speak our minds openly, debate our disagreements honestly, but always pursue solidarity. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. There should be no fear. We are protected, and we will always be protected. We will be protected by the great men and women of our military and law enforcement. And most importantly, we will be protected by God. Finally, we must think big and dream even bigger. In America, we understand that a nation is only living as long as it is striving. We will no longer accept politicians who are all talk and no action, constantly complaining, but never doing anything about it. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. We stand at the birth of a new millennium, ready to unlock the mysteries of space, to free the earth from the miseries of disease, and to harness the energies, industries, and technologies of tomorrow. A new national pride will stir ourselves, lift our sights, and heal our divisions. It's time to remember that old wisdom our soldiers will never forget that whether we are black or brown or white, we all bleed the same red blood of patriots. We all enjoy the same glorious freedoms, and we all salute the same great American flag. And whether a child is born in the urban sprawl of Detroit or the windswept plains of Nebraska, they look up at the same night sky, they fill their heart with the same dreams, and they are infused with the breath of life by the same almighty Creator. So to all Americans in every city near and far, small and large, from mountain to mountain, from ocean to ocean, hear these words. You will never be ignored again.
Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. And your courage and goodness and love will forever guide us along the way. Together, we will make America strong again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. And there you go, folks. That was the speech in its entirety. Uh, although the liberals would say it was dark and foreboding, that uh, I thought it was a great speech. I mean, I was listening to it, uh, you know, when I was at that, you know, inauguration party uh, here in Hamilton County. It got invited to that, uh, but it was. I thought it was, it was a great speech. So let's go ahead and you, you heard the speech. I'll know if. Uh, you know, you heard it prior to that, but Susan, what'd you think overall? Was there anything that and I've got? I've got some points I want to uh, bring out later. But what was your overall, you know, thoughts on that? And was there anything that really uh, stuck out to you uh, about his inauguration speech? Well, I don't think he should have said he will never ever let us down because I think the only one who doesn't let you down is God. Um, even your parents, for my parents, I mean, every, even the best of parents occasionally can't keep a promise due to someone else maybe that causes a problem, and um, so they can't. And I really feel that's something that you shouldn't promise because if there's people on one side or the other, somebody's going to get let down if you don't, you know. So I, I didn't feel that was the wisest thing for him to say. He could say, I will try to not let people down, but you don't say, I won't. That's not good. Mm -mm. I didn't like that. I had heard that speech, and I heard that in there. And so I was like, oh, wow, I really wish he hadn't said that. So that's... Well, I mean, I know I would have to agree with, you know, the same thing about, you know, letting people down. Uh, you know, I was kind of, I mean, I was probably about one of the few things I was like, yeah, really can't say that. I mean, I, I know it was supposed to be an inspirational speech. And also with Trump, you know, that's kind of his hallmark is that, you know, he's going to, you know, work for us, work for the American people, uh, which I thought uh, was plain. Um, but but overall, I mean, besides that point, I mean, overall, I mean, did you feel like of the a mediocre speech, a great speech, you know, a good speech, horrible. I mean, overall, what what do you think about the speech? Oh, you know, it was better than some of his stuff he's had in the past. I mean, at least he didn't mention the size of his hands. <laughs> well, I mean, it has several politicians that have done that. So, I mean, he kept out all this icky stuff out of it that happened during the primaries, but he wasn't the only one. Um so, other, you know, and it, he didn't bring in some of his, you're fired or whatever, All you know, sometimes he's mouthy that way. And so uh, I like that it sounded more educated, more whatever you want to call it. Um, 
better written or better spoken. So that's well, I mean, I thought I mean I thought it was a I, I thought it was a really good speech, and, and and you know I'll point out you know thing that uh, you know I thought you know with real you know really great points and, and things of that nature. I, I thought it was a you know conciliatory speech. You know I thought it was, you know really was to bring people together. Uh, and I do see some other folks on the line. If you'd like to chime in on the speech or, or anything else, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you on to the show. Uh, and so, now, John, uh, what, what did you think, you know, again, overall, what, what did you think about the speech? And also, if there's anything that really stood out to you? Well, given the fact that, you know, that was his inauguration speech, and he's only been in office, what, five days or so, I'm very hopeful. I'll definitely retest that in a year or two to see if um, he was able to at least try to maintain what he said. But, you know, he's got a big faction of people working against him. So we'll just hope for the best and do our best to help him keep his promises by keeping all of our congressmen and senators informed that they need to get behind him. Well, and that's definitely part of our, you know, our action part that, you know, Bart's logic is, is pushing towards us. You know, I mean, and, and I'm, I, I may be calling, you know, Trump out in the next segment, you know, on some things, you know, that I think that maybe we need to uh, to contact uh, with him for that, you know, on that. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. I've got an article I'm going to read. And I, I definitely want to uh, touch that, but that'll be in the next segment. So, but what did you think overall, you know, I mean, do you think it was overall a hopeful speech then? Or was there anything specific uh, that uh, stuck out to you? Well, I I mean, depends on – there's a lot of different things that stuck out, but I am very hopeful, you know. I think it's the best speech he's given his whole campaign. So, I mean, it made me feel better about him, but you know, Robert, as I've said before, I think he's a bit of a snake oil salesman, and he likes to say big things and never really truly intends them based on the way you define it in your heart and head. He's kind of a double speaker, underhanded, and that's just my opinion. And like I said before, proves me wrong. Because back in the, like I've said earlier, you know, a number of weeks ago, if not months ago, Back in the late 70s, early 80s, man, he was, I was buying his book and, and following Norman Vincent Peale just like him and stuff. But the more I found out about it, the more I felt it was just a, a, bit, a bit of one of those bait-and-switch trade deceptive tricks. But I could be wrong, and I hope I am, because I'm liking this is the best speech I've heard from most any president in a long time. So I'm very hopeful. Well, I think the I think the last eight years have really changed a lot of people and their stances. I mean, look at the the you know a lot of the different people that came out and voted for Trump. Not only those you know who voted for Obama, you know, but you also had folks who voted voted for Obama. You also had folks and lots of them who voted for the very first time uh, because of Trump. And, and I think uh, you know that that's telling. Now, you know, I agree. We you know, we need to see what happens. You know, cause there are already a few things that he's done, and I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, he's only really truly been in office for <laughs> like three days. You know, as you're pointing, three five days. But but some of the things he he said, I pointed out that I'm going to point out that I, that were significant for me. 
uh, is first is when he, you know, was talking about, again, the United States uh, determined the course of the world. And I think that's being, a, you know, kind of a world leader. And I think that's bringing it back to, you know, the World War II t- uh, era, uh, you know, when we had the, the what people still call, you know, the greatest generation. You know, I mean, that, that's where the United States was probably on the top of its power, uh, its influence. And let's be honest, I think that's when, and that, at that point in time, the United States was most respected uh, was during, uh, you know, that era. And I think, he, you know, one, he, he's going to try to, to bring it back to that, you know. And people did. I mean, you know, what America did, people, all, all the countries wanted to be America, right? Uh, they, they did. They strived for that. I mean, even, the, you know, you know, consumerism uh, that we have here, you know, and the consumptive economy that we have. I mean, people are, are starting, you know, we're starting to want to emulate that. And, you know, you know it does help their economy, and, and we see where it helps their people. Uh, another thing, uh, now one thing I do have to disagree is where he talks about, you know, I think he's just giving some platitudes here uh, when he was talking about, you know, the significance of of the Obama and Michelle Obama and, how they were magnificent and things of that nature. When I think we all know it's kind of the the opposite. I mean, Obama could have been Obama could have been worse, certainly. Uh, you know, but I would I would have called I would have called what you know the way he handled things uh, significant. Now he did say some things, you know, like Obama did, you know, such as you know it's not the end of the world and you know we'll be okay and things of that nature. Trying to alleviate, you know, maybe some of the concerns of the uh well the people we've been seeing in the streets let's be honest um and you know of course in, in some of the big points uh that he made uh during his speech was i think that really hit him the people was you know transferring power back to the people i think a lot of libertarians uh would, would, would definitely like to, to hear that but where they're going to transfer power back to the people yeah, and and the one that resonated real strong to me too is this day be remembered as the day American people become rulers of America. You know, your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. I mean, that gives hope for every single you know United States citizen that they are inclusive and part of this because that's everybody wants to be lifted up. Well, yeah, I mean, what's that uh, high tide lifts all ships or, or, or something of that nature? That's one of the, uh, you know, a, a saying there. You know, I know there's some things where the, the liberals thought that the speech was dark, you know, such as you talk about, you know, wash. And this had to tick off the Obama administration and, and the bureaucrats, thing of that nature. But, but it's true. You know, Washington flourished, you know, but the people did not. I, I, I think that, you know, I think that was very poignant. And I think he probably made a lot of the, you know, establishment of the politicians uh, cringe at that. But it, it, that's the truth of the matter. I think that's a big reason why uh, Trump got elected, because people seen him as an outsider, uh, not really a Republican, not really a Democrat, but somebody who's never held a political office in his life, a true outsider. Uh, and, you know, they've seen where, you know, where, well, you got these Washington elites that he talked about. You know, he said, uh, you know, you know they 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 flourished, but but the people didn't. And and I think a point in that is where he says it doesn't matter what party takes uh, 
when, you know, a party takes power. It's the day, you know, because the people become uh, the, you know, the rulers of the nation again. It's the, it's the power back to the people. It's we the people. You know, I think people have been wanting to see that for, you know, quite some time. I think people haven't really felt that way for a very long time. Well, we no, I think, too, so. it was a very uh, – go ahead, John. I was just repeating that one part where he says, we all enjoy the same glorious freedoms and great, you know, American flag. Well, yeah, and you see, you know, and, 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 and the other point is, you know, a nation exists uh, to serve its citizens. I mean, how many times, yeah. you know, even back to 2012, we talked on the show where, you know, our politicians don't represent us anymore. They're not, they're like the new oligarchy. Instead of them, you know, serving us, serving the people, it's it's like the opposite. It's like we serve them. We, you know, we serve to enrich uh, the politicians instead of, you know, the opposite of them serving to, you know, uh, enrich us, frankly, and enrich the citizens uh, through, you know, you know, a strong economy and, you know, less regulate, you know, you know, regulation and, you know, things of that nature. Well, yeah, yeah. You've used an analogy and and I'm thinking, you know, it's time. And as as Trump pointed out, it's time for that to stop. Now, whether he's able to do that or not, I mean, because he does, as you pointed out, he doesn't have a lot going against him. He doesn't have a lot going against him. That's why he shouldn't promise. What was that, Susan? That's why you shouldn't promise that he would never let you down because maybe others will make it impossible for him to sometimes keep his word. I apologize, Susan. You're uh, really hard to to hear there. Sometimes it seems like you're really faded (laughs) when when you're talking. And there's other times when you adjust uh, maybe the way you're holding your mic or or, or staying on there that you're, you're really clear. I, I said, that's why you don't promise. You say, um, for example, I will try to never let you down, but others may force my hand. And if they do, I will let you know. Well, yeah, that would have been something good to say. Yeah, Miss Susan, some people may not be motivated to get behind him. Because if if you remember, there was a lot of people like myself that was sitting on the fence, and uh, Robert helped me see that hey, if I voted for a third party like Daryl Castle, then Hillary just might win. So even though I didn't like Trump, I decided well I'd rather have Trump than Hillary because you know evil is still better than super hyper evil. And so by him saying that, you know, he promises he won't let you down. He actually helps motivate people like me that he's willing to put him, sacrifice himself to that extreme that I'm more motivated to make sure and get busy to help him get what he wants done. Oh, you'll be calling him, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, you have to hold everybody's feet to the fire, but I think before you hold his, you need to hold Congress. Yeah, Yeah, that's who I call most of the time anyway is Congress, the senators and the congressmen. I don't, you know, I do call the president too. I'll call my governor. I'll call anybody, but you're right. 
So as long as, you know, and we know that we got McConnell, we got Ryan, we got a bunch of idiots in there. <laughs> that okay? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's all, yeah, it's definitely gonna be. A, but I, but I think but I think you know they may have seen this representative may have seen you know the tide and, and, and you know all the people who support Trump and think okay they're they're really keeping an eye and they're they're aware now. Uh, so maybe they, you know, won't give uh, Trump the trouble that we think, you know, that we no, we don't, not that we just think that, you know, they will do. It's what we actually expect them <laughs> to do, right? Well, we can expect a lot of things. <laughs> uh, but, you know. No, but I mean, we, we, well, we expect them to work against what Trump wants to do because, you know, at least if you go by the speech, I mean, he definitely wants to bring the power uh, back to the people. Uh, whereas the you know, politicians, perhaps such as uh, you know Ryan, uh, that they wouldn't actually keep it for themselves and, and not bring it back to us. Uh, you mentioned those names, I tell you, it's just disgusting. <laughs> I don't know why electing them back into office. I really don't. But you can't expect unity and cohesiveness if you elect a bunch of morons in Congress. I mean, you just you can't. You just can't. I think that Washington, D.C. is, uh, what did I put down? Um, I posted something in here, um, not that one. Washington, D.C. has become a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. And one of the, one of the guys in my face, I call it the Washington District of Criminals. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> And the only thing that I've ever liked that McCain said was he goes, doing the Lord's work in Sin City. Well, I agree with that. It's Sin City. I do agree with that. Well, and, and it made a comment towards the end, you know, about, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but uh, he did say during the end, and, and you get to know how, you know, what I subscribe to, but, uh, you know, I think this was important to, you know, a certain uh, section of folks where he said, you know, that, you know, America will be pr- protected by God again, you know, because I know there's a lot of folks who thought, and, and especially this this is really prevalent uh, after 9-11, where people thought that, you know, God lifted his protective hand over the United States, and that's why uh, 9-11 happened. You know, so, you know, a lot, a lot of people believe that. So, that, that, you know, I think with him saying, you know, all the United States will be protected by God, you know, I think a lot of people think, you know, you know, for quite some time, uh, that you know hasn't been the case. Well, there may be some truth to that, but I mean, I think God holds back and just lets you make your choices. Sometimes isn't arbitrary, you know, like you will do this. I mean, He gives you the choice, so if if we make the wrong choices, we have to, uh, whether it has anything to do with God or not, if you make, there's always consequences to your actions, good, bad, and indifferent. So, and I don't even know if I believe that 9-11 happened, uh, that it, you know, some of the conspiracy theories out there have some truthfulness to it that, you know, so we don't know the real story on that day. Did our, was our government involved? That I firmly believe. 
So, um, you know, it's just like with Roosevelt. He knew that the ships were going to be hit by the Japanese. He was warned ahead of time. He could have moved the ships, but he chose not to because he wanted to get into the war, wanted an excuse. And that's what a lot of them have done. They want an excuse to get involved in things like that. And so, yes, I I will be watching Trump. I won't. If I think he's doing something that's not right, I'm going to pull his feet to the burial fire. I don't care. I don't care who it is. Even if it's well, I agree with you on that, Susan. And that's going to be some of the things we're going to uh, discuss uh, in the third part of the show. Uh, and the final segment of the show, we're definitely going to talk about that, you know, especially we're going to kind of focus on uh, immigration because, you know, of course, that was a big part of uh, his campaign, you know, was about immigration. And I think a lot of folks voted for him because, what well, you know, he stated he was going to do, uh, you know, in that, in that instance. You know what I mean? Right. You know, he said oh. that sort of thing. Now, to, to my understanding, he wrote, you know, an executive order. Uh, about you know getting getting the wall built, but there's other things that you know he's done as well. Then, as I said, we'll wait, we'll wait to the top of the hour, next hour for that. Yeah, the TPP thing was a big deal, and I'm glad for that. But will he audit the Federal Reserve? You know, this is what I'm waiting. Well, he for. never really made that as a part of his campaign, though. If if you were if you recall. Well, that needs to be done. Uh, I know that if you do away with it, he's likely to really for sure be killed. But if he audits them with Rand Paul and all these others behind it, even Bernie Sanders, then they'd have to take them all out. So, you know. But that, this is something that just needs to be done. We need to get us out of the U.N. We need to audit Federal Reserve. Those are just, if you audit it, they are, and something would happen. So we don't know. And I hope he pardons Julian Assange and Edward Snowden and, you know, you them. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Some things I'm going to like and some things I'm not going to like. Um, oh, and by the way, well, and I agree, and I, and I think, and I think we should, right? And I think we should, you know, we, yeah, definitely want to keep them accountable. We should keep any any president accountable, right? Congress, yes, any, you know, and our, and whether both houses, anybody. I wish we could keep the Supreme. I don't know how you keep the Supreme Court justices accountable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do that either. I mean, I mean, lifetime appointments, but. I don't know how you could do it with I, lifetime appointments. I never, I never was a fair. You know, supposedly lifetime appointments were supposed to be, you know, to keep them from being corrupt. You know, because they don't have to worry about being elected. But I mean, that goes both ways. I mean, if, I mean, they would have to be careful and just can't do things with impunity because they're, they're worried about uh, getting elected. You know what I mean? They're reelected. They do things against the Constitution and all that, then I think they should lose their job. I don't care if it's lifetime. But speaking of that, well, speaking of losing job, what about that lady? I can't remember. I don't know her name, but the Secret Service lady who 
put out on Twitter that, you know, she wouldn't take a bullet for Trump. She needs to be fired. Say, look, if you're not going to do your job, you're done. And Trump would say, you're fired. I, I think she should be. I would never trust her because she likes Hillary. I would never trust her. I would be afraid she'd take that gun out and somehow shoot me. So. Yeah, I mean she's you know she's not going to do her do her job. I mean remember you know what and talk about the liberal hypocrisy and you know I'll go ahead and talk, this should have been in liberal hysteria but I mean the, the, talk about the liberal hypocrisy is that two things one you know you've got uh, you know the lady uh, down in, in Kentucky who wouldn't sign uh, the the marriage certificates to gay couples and boy, they were all over her about that. But then you get this, you know, about not doing her job. Oh, well she should get liberals like, Oh, she could get fired if she's not going to do her job. And then you turn around, you've got this, you know, secret service uh, lady who's like, Oh, well I wouldn't take a bullet. I'm not going to take a bullet for Trump for, you know, it's like, well, if you're not going to do your job, that's part of your job. Get that blank out. You know what I mean? You, You should, you know, you're fired. Uh, and, and just like here's the hypocrisy is Saturday Night Live. There's an action. There, there's an action thing for you guys, and I doubt many people who listen to the show watch Saturday Night Live. But if you do, here's some action. Stop, because here they're making fun of uh, you know Kellyanne Conway, and you think they should be proud of her. I mean, seriously, she's the first woman, through my understanding, to get a president elected, and Saturday Night Live is going to make fun of her. I thought liberals supposed to celebrate, you know, celebrate women, celebrate, uh, you know, female accomplishments, women's accomplishments. Well, I mean, she accomplished something, you know, no other woman has, and that's to be the campaign manager for a winning president, and you make fun of her. By God, if that was a woman who would have gotten Hillary Clinton, I mean, they would have heaped all kinds of praise on her. I mean, there's hypocrisy for you. Exactly. Oh, there is one appointment that I'm really pleased about, um, other than Dr. Ben Carson. I'm really pleased about him picking Robert Kennedy to investigate vaccines. Oh, boy. I was just like, bravo. I was cheering. But, you know, it was funny because I don't think Robert Kennedy is the Republican. Uh, I'm not sure if he's Democrat. I'm not sure what he is, but... He would be not probably real considered the word conservative applied to him. Um, but you know what? He's good at what he does. He's fought them. He's put his own money in. So it's it's on vaccine safety and scientific integrity. So um, I, I'm all for that appointment. Boy, oh, boy, I, I like Robert Kennedy Jr. Ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. You're listening to Blog Talk Radio on Bard's Logic Political Talk. So within the next 15 minutes, please call 347-945-7428 to catch the last hour of the show. Because in the next, between now and the next 15 minutes, the live stream of the Internet stream will go dead. But you'll be able to call 347-945-7428 and stay online listening through that mechanism for the rest of the last hour of the show. So you got about 15 minutes to call in at 347-945-7428. And then if you do want to get in the conversation, just press 1 on your number dial, and the great host, Robert, will help get you in as soon as reasonably possible. Thank you for listening.
come back soon. Well, I appreciate that, John. Thank you uh, very much. Because, yes, we do only have about 15 minutes if you're uh, one to call in just to listen to the extended period or what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. Uh, give us uh, the call at the number. And if you are in the line, which I do see there are uh, some on there, I know you're listening. We appreciate it. If you'd like to chime in on our topics or bring in uh, anything else, just put the one on your number dial, and we'll get you into the show. Uh, and so that's the way to, to let me know. Or if you're out there and you're listening to the show, you're on uh, Facebook, or you have my text and you like uh, to get on the show as well, just uh, send me a message and let me know that way because uh, I do have multiple screens uh, going. Uh, so I'll see one of them. Uh, to know that you want to get into the show. And so, yeah, so you know, a couple of the other points from uh, the inauguration speech, uh, you know, of course, you talk about people getting off welfare, which, you know, of course, I like. And then we'll probably bring, uh, talk that, you know, more about, you know, that a little bit, or at least in uh, regards to, you know, our topic uh, in, in the in the closing hour. But also one thing that, you know, he said that, and I, and I want to tie this into uh, the making America great again and the things, you know, you've heard me talk many times on the show is that when he says when America is united, uh, America is un- unstoppable. And, and I think something that can really bring uh, America together, and, and this is also an action item uh, that I think folks could, could do, uh, whether you're listening live or listening to, you know, to the podcast, is that an action item is beyond, of course, you know, making sure Trump, you know, keeps his word and, and doing, you know, what he says he was going to. We'll talk more about that in the third hour. Is that one of the things that brought our country together, and, and Pence brought this up, and I, I think this could bring us together too, is revitalizing this program. I think that's something that, you know, regardless of your ideology, you know, left or right, that's something that I think we could get behind. Now, if you went forever to talk about doing full, you know, just support of, you know, the uh, private industry uh, towards it or maybe a private-public partnership, uh, which is something I, 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 you know, subscribe to. But, you know, I mean, look what it did for us back in the, uh, you know, back in the, the late 60s, early 70s when we won the space race, you know, you know, against Russia. I mean, look at the American pride, and I think it's important. I think, I think after the last – Eight years, America needs something to be proud of. I mean, and I think, you know, reinvigorating the space program, getting ourselves to, uh, you know, to back to the moon, you know, getting ourselves to Mars, working on both those things. It could be something that could bring national pride, and I think that's important. I think when people are proud of their nation, uh, proud of their country, I think, you know, they, they do better, they work better. I think they're, 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 the economy gets better. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, – you know, saying that space exploration, that's why I think, you know, and I, I support uh, private-public partnerships because even if you're using, you know, tax dollars, you know, to do it, you know, to help, you know, the, the, the private sector, is that it is going to come back to us sixfold. I mean, you know, for every $1 that, you know, spent on space exploration, we get about $6, you know, $6 back in innovations and technologies. You know, so that's something, uh, you know, so we're going to benefit. So if we're going to, I mean, I can think of that other thing, you know, I can't think of a lot of other things to, to spend our, our tax dollars on. You can build infrastructures. I mean, you know, think of different places where, 
you know, you can build, you know, launch sites or, or, or have businesses go up, you know, and, and create, uh, you know, businesses and, and industries, you know, there, you know, you know, you, excuse me, industries, you know, on uh, the moon. Think about, you know, having a space industry. I mean, we got different types of industries in America have, you know, a space industry. Remember when, remember when they try to have the, the green economy, how people are like, oh, you know, try to have a green economy. Well, maybe you can have a, you know, a space economy. Now, I, I wasn't too uh, against, you know, a green economy. As I think the, the way that they, their approach was different uh, on getting that kind of economy. But, you know, those things, you know, working together, and as, he, you know, Trump stated, if we work together, we're unstoppable. We can we can do these things. And, you know, as, as that audio clip I play all the time, you know, where, you know, she says, you know, nations that explore, the nations that move forward, you know, <clears throat> nations that, be, that, that become great. And so I think, you know, that could be something that can uh, uh, bring us back together. And, you know, think big, you know, dream big, even bigger. You know, is, is what he put in the, you know, in his speech toward, you know, towards the end of the speech, and that's something that you know I think is important. And you mentioned, you know, space and technology. You know, unlocking the mysteries of space. I think that's uh, something that is a very important uh, in in our future. And so I think that's something that you know should garner uh, support, you know, for from us. And as I said, it's not a partisan issue. It's not something that I really don't. I just don't see where, you know, liberals and, and and conservatives can fight, except that the liberals might say, well, instead of, you know, building space programs, we should just give away, you know, all that money, you know, to other nations, where Trump talks about that too. You know, he, he talked about, you know, taking our money, you know, and building, you know, other, you know, other nations, building other people's military. You know, we as he, as he stated in the speech, we subsidize, the military of other nations, but we don't subsidize our own. Well, same with, you know, taking money we could be spending on the space program, you know, or, you know, and, and we're giving it away to other nations. I think that, you know, that should stop, you know, and, and think about, it. I mean, think about it. It's tragic that we got to spend all this money on weapons, you know, to defend ourselves, you know, against, you know, ISIS and other terrorists. When you know, if we were able to just be able to come together and, and not have to spend so much of our resources, time, you know, time and treasure on that. I think we could really, uh, you know, make that far. And then, you know, so when he also, you know, talks about, we've heard this, but we've seen it, you know, politicians constantly complaining and not doing anything about it. Well, let's do something. I think, you know, us working together is something that, you know, regardless of your ideology can, you know, can bring us together. I mean, that's what I think. I think it was a very, uh, you know, the speech itself, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it was a, a bring the United States together. I mean, you talked about, you know, the, the blood of patriots and blood of patriotism, uh, things of that nature. I, I think it was overall, a, you know, a, a positive speech. I mean, I was clapping my hands and toasting, you know, when he was saying, uh, you know, certain lines. I mean, certainly toasting when you mentioned, you know, space exploration, but. That's important, but I do see that, yes, we are about at the top of the hour, so we're getting ready to go to our extended period, and that's where we're going to start concentrating more on, you know, yes, uh, Trump's only been off this, you know, pretty much for about three days, maybe as you pointed out, five, if you guys want to count the weekends after six, if you want to count Friday, 
Uh, but I don't know how much you got done. So we're going to talk about that. One of the big topics we're going to talk about in that hour is we are going to talk about uh, we are going to talk about you know immigration because uh, what, what's been uh, big is you know it, you know with DARPA. I know that's one thing that's uh, you know up into the front. And I wish you talk more about you know what they'll do about you know stopping anchor babies and things of that nature. But that can be. You know, maybe another topic, uh, you know, for another time form. But I do got an article uh, that I'm going to read from that. Uh, but until then, uh, definitely, folks, uh, check out a couple of our websites we've been uh, talking about tonight. Of course, there is the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, where you can explore the different pages, including our Give page, where you'll find uh, from the folks we had on last week, and that is the – uh, bravemovie.com and so we can uh, you know definitely you know check that out uh, you might be eligible to get some prizes things of that nature uh, through your donation you know your donation uh, to help them out so check that out uh, more at www.bravemovie.com watch that video because I tell you what it was uh, it was a fascinating video and some of it was a harrowing I'd have to say video so definitely check that out uh, as well uh, on the, you know, on the website, you know, as well as our other pages. And you can contact me, the host, uh, there on the contact portal, or you can send me an email uh, about that. And also one thing that you can also check out is the Bard's Logic Newsroom. Uh, that's there as well. And you can also subscribe to, you may not know that, uh, but you can also, you can actually subscribe to uh, the Bard's Logic Newsroom there as well. And one of the things I'm going to be working on, uh, soon with our friend Jim uh, Connor Jr., which I was hoping you'll be able to hear from him uh, tonight. Uh, let's see. And uh, let's see. And so I'm just reading something again to post on uh, Facebook is, you know, you know, I do multitasking, uh, multitasking here. And so we'll, uh, so, you know, so, as I said, you know, ch- check those websites out, check out the Bard's Logic Newsroom. Uh, where you can subscribe, R. I'm going to be working with Jim Condi Jr. I was hoping he'd be able to come uh, call in tonight, but he was he was unable for whatever reason. Uh, so hopefully we'll have him on uh, next week. I know we've been working on some things. Hopefully it finally comes to uh, fruition for that. And so uh, yeah, we're working on getting uh, where people can subscribe as well to a new uh, a new mailing list uh, here for the show. <clears throat> And so, you know, if you're out there listening and uh, you want to uh, listen to the extended period or what we lovingly call Bars Logic After Dark, uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. And for those we see on the line you'd like to chime in, uh, just push the one on your number dial and we'll get you in. And so moving into the the next segment is we're going to be talking about, you know, the three days, as I've got it here, uh, of the Trump administration, and you know he signed a number of excuse me, he signed a number of uh, executive orders, uh, you know, in this time in short order. And here's uh, some of them. And then I got a an article I'm going to read as well uh, about um, you know some immigration things, and we'll talk more about that. But here's some of these, and let's go ahead and get our panel's take on that. His first one that uh, says uh, multi-pronged orders on border security and immigration enforcement, including the authorization of a U.S.-Mexican border wall, 
So he's already signed an executive order to start getting the wall built. Uh, the stripping of federal grant money to sanctuary cities, hiring 5,000 more Border Patrol agents, ending the catch-and-release policies for illegal immigrants, and reinstating local and state immigration affordment po- uh, partnerships. Now, I do want to focus more on uh, DARPA later because I do have uh, an, an article on that. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, and then we have two orders. Uh, reviving the Keystone XL pipeline and the Dakota Access pipeline. Uh, he also signed three other related orders that would expedite the environmental uh, permitting process for in- infrastructure projects related to the pipeline, also directing the Commerce Department to streamline the manufacturing permitting processes and give the Commerce Department 180 days to maximize the use of U.S. steel in uh, the pipeline. And, you know, the way I feel on the Keystone Pipeline, I got missed thoughts. I mean, they are able, are able to do it in an envir- environmentally conscious way, uh, one that's not going to harm the environment, as well as be economically sound. Of course, that'd be something I would be uh, supportive of. But for me, excuse me, uh, I'm, the, the jury on that is still out. I mean, I, I really don't know is, you know, uh, enough to – you know, make as uh, an educated uh, decision on that uh, at this point. Uh, my first inclination is, you know, a no <laughs> for that. Uh, but, you know, it, it just depends. I mean, I've read some reports where they said, yes, you know, it will be, you know, environmentally sound, second so to harm that. But, you know, you just, you, you just don't know. And then we also have uh, an order to reinstate the so uh, what's called the so-called Mexico, oh, Mexico, I just got the thing of saying 90 seconds uh, for being able to call in. Um, but anyway, we've got here, let's go on back to that, is in order to reinstate, as I said, the so-called Mexico City policy, which is a ban on federal funds to international groups to perform abortions or lobby to legalize or promote abortion. Now, the policy was first instituted in 1984 by President Reagan, but has been gone in and out of effect uh, depending on the power in Washington, you know, whoever the president is. Because, of course, as you know, these things are being done by executive order. And he also signed uh, a notice that the U.S. will begin withdrawing. You've probably heard this. This is one of the big things on the news. They're talking a lot about it. It's getting a lot of, you know, a lot of publicity. It is withdrawing from the Trans-Pacific Partnership deal. Uh, so it looks like we're we're going to be pulling out of that. So that you know, we won't talk a lot about that tonight. I'm sure you've been hearing a lot of it on the news. Uh, and then it says he's also uh, signed an executive order imposing a hiring freeze uh, on some federal government workers. Uh, uh, he's using that to shrink federal government. Uh, but if that is excluding the military, and that's another big story uh, that you've probably heard, uh, as well as this one, which is an executive order that directs federal agencies to ease the regulatory burdens of Obamacare. And and, and uh, to my understanding, and, and I've got a couple of messages on this, is what happens is he's ordered agencies uh, to waive, defer, uh, grant exemptions from, or delay the implement, implementation of any provision or requirement 
of Obamacare that imposes a fiscal burden on any state or cost, fee, tax, penalty, or regulatory burden on individuals, families, health care providers, health insurers, patients, recipients of health care services, purchasers of health insurance, or makers of medical devices, products, and medications, as well as, through my understanding, he told uh, the HHS to not enforce the uh, penalty on folks who do not have uh, health insurance. So through my understanding, for those of you, uh, and definitely do your research on that, uh, but for those of you who are not covered by insurance, uh, that you won't have to pay that penalty. Uh, so you won't have to pay that that, uh, that tax penalty. I've heard one person say theirs was as high as $1,300 plus. I've heard of another person who said <laughs> theirs was like $2,000 penalty. It sounds like people are not going to have to pay that. And so uh, that would be uh, definitely plus for sounds like a lot of people out there. And we're going to move over to immigration uh, in a little bit. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and, you know, of those executive orders uh, that we've heard, and I'm sure there's going to be more to come. Uh, so what are your thoughts on what's been done so far, Susan? Uh, well, like I said, some things are, are great. Uh, like I said, particularly appointing Robert Kennedy, but we'll wait to see what he can accomplish and how much I still still apparently gonna build the wall. Uh I don't know that he's mm-hmm. signing apparently. Well, that's what it says in all the emails I've gotten. So we'll see if he actually does or partial wall or what he you know, I don't know. Will wall actually stop him or slow him down? I don't know. I still think we need to bring our troops home and put them on the border. That's actually better than a wall, I think. So, uh, mm, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm for, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm for an all of the above. Uh, I'm for an all of the above strategy. I say build a wall, and then also, um, you know, I'm for building the wall and for, uh, you know, putting, you know, national guard or even some military folks down there, you know, to kind of bolster. Uh, you know, the Border Patrol. That's what I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I would rather see them over Well, keep in mind, they've been talking about building a wall for years. I mean, it's time to just do it. It's, it's, quit talking about it and do it, as Trump's uh, pointed out. Yeah, you can't just talk it. you got to walk it. <laughs> You're right about that. You know, I mean, we've been talking about that for, you know, too long. Now, Eisenhower did it different. He just loaded them all up and took them way in the interior on boats and uh, around, you know, in the, on the water, and he did it in trucks or whatever. Eisenhower had this big, I forget what they called it. There was a name for it. Um, but he did it. Nobody said anything then when he did it, not that I know of, though. He got away with a lot. I don't know, as, because he was a famous general that had been involved in war, so he got away with more? I don't know. It was called Operation something or other, and I can't remember what it was called. 
Mm, that's that's kind of escaping me. Would you happen to know, John? No, I don't. Okay. And so what about, you know, those different executive orders, uh, you know, that you'd like to make comment on? Does anything stick out uh, to you? First of all, curious what these particular executive orders are doing in the sense of trying to negate the executive orders that President Obama put forth. Because I'm I'm a very skeptical person about using executive orders properly and appropriately for the actual executive, what is it, discretion that the president's supposed to have. And I'm curious what, if um, they were worded in a way to say, hey, like, we're going to rescind the such and such executive order President Obama put forth on the Keystone XL pipeline or blah, blah, back in such and such. Because really, truthfully, I don't understand what in the world the president and his group of folks have anything to do with that oil thing anyway. We should be going through like a public utility or some kind of energy commission group or something or the EPA if they're going to do anything. And the only reason most people take it to the government, bargain with the local people, you know, um, fairly, so they figure, well, I'll use the government to strong arm them and beat them up to make sure I can get on their property and get access and do what I want to do. Because most people, the normal free market says you offer them X, and if they want it, you guys do a deal, and you put a contract together, and you move forward. Otherwise, you don't do a deal, and you, you know, just move on to something else. So I'm kind of curious as to, you know, what all these executive orders are tied to. As far as the oil pipeline, to me, that's not the issue. The issue is property rights, and I have no problem with them putting pipelines through people's property as long as the people who own the property are respected as an equal citizen with the same property rights. When you start using the government to play favorites to certain groups and railroad one person's property rights, that means they can railroad all the rest of our property rights, too, and I just don't think that's proper. That's using the government for a special interest-favored few based on the money. And But then as far as, um, you know, as long as it doesn't go outside of the property rights thing, I'm not sure I understand why they're even there. The EPA or somebody else ought to handle that, I think. I don't know what much about it. So I just need more details, but I wanted to make sure and make the point about property rights because I think that's that abuse of eminent domain, railroading people, even though people like me, I'm cool with it. You want to build a pipeline through my yard, just make sure we get our royalties correct and got the right money going into the uh, it's the fund that helps clean up everything. So that way if something does happen, the funds and all the requisite cleanup maintenance stuff is in place well and it'll maintain our water and our soil and our air just like um the garden of eden then hey we got a deal but don't use my government against me because why can't i use my government against you you know we both should have that privilege back to you Um, it's called operation wetback what's that Eisenhower, Operation Wetback. I just couldn't think of the wetback part. 
that's what it was called. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot of details on it. You know, something back in the Eisenhower days now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not old. <laughs> I, I never I said you were. <laughs> well, I was dating myself when you said that, you know, I oh boy, she's really old. Um, no, I I just <laughs> read about it. And uh he he that's how he fought back was just uh um uh, him out. Rounded them up, so they don't yeah. use that. They don't use that term anymore. Wet bag. That's uh, what, what is it? Improper now. Uh, but back then they they did it. Um. So, uh, like I say, I don't think he was criticized at the time, but um, it, I could, it could have been because of his reputation as a great general or a hero, you know, type uh, thing. So uh, I don't think any of the presidents of the day would dare do that uh, anymore. They would be in a lot of trouble uh, being accused of um, racism or whatever. So anyway... But I just figured you could Google that up on your own. Eisenhower deported 1.5 million immigrants. So there you go. So we could technically do it. Well, I think that's a good segue to this uh, next article I've got here. Um, And that is, this is from the Daily, yeah, this is from the Daily Caller. Uh, says uh, some immigration hawks worry Trump will backtrack uh, on key promise. It said President Donald Trump pledged on the campaign trail to immediately end former President Barack Obama's executive fee for illegal immigrants. But Trump's press secretary continues to refuse to clearly answer how or when this would occur and has immigration hawks worrying. The Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA, protects an estimated 750,000 illegal immigrants from deportation. DACA not only protects illegal aliens from deportation, but gives them a work permit, social security number, and access to welfare. President Trump could rescind DACA either through executive order or through Trump administration could just send a memo to the United States Customs and Immigration Services telling them to suspend DACA applications or renewals. His administration has done neither. Despite word from Vice President Mike Pence and President Trump last week that they would sign an executive order on immigration Monday, which is which is passed. When White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer was asked about Trump repealing DACA, he responded, first and foremost, the president's been very, very clear that we need to direct agencies to focus on those who are in this country illegally and have a record, a criminal record, or oppose oppose a threat to the – I think they meant to pose a threat, not oppose a threat. See, I I find typos all over the place, folks. 
I need to be a, a proofreader for somebody. Uh, but it should be a criminal records or opposed, it should say proposed, uh, a threat uh, to the American people. Uh, now it's a quote to me. That's what he said. <laughs> so anyway, that's where the priorities are going to be and when we're going to – I'm sorry. That's where the priorities are going to be, and then we're going to continue to work through the entire number of folks that are here illegally. But right now, the clear focus is on that, Spicer added. The Obama administration similarly used that line when they were focusing on violent illegal aliens. Trump's chief of staff writes, Cubit Priebus, I am I said it wrong on purpose, folks, but that's what I call pubis, I mean Priebus. Anyway, um, also dodged a question regarding action on amnesty during a Sunday news show. He said, I think we're going to work with House and Senate leadership as well as get a long-term solution on that issue. That's crazy and confusing. William, again, founder for the Americans for Legal Immigration Pact, told Lysette about Spicer's comments. Donald Trump's promised to end Obama's unconstitutional executive order, and that's DAPA and DACA. Immigration hawk Mickey Kraus has also been worrying on Twitter about Trump's lack of decision too far on DACA, particularly because a U.S. CIS spokesman said they're still accepting and processing DACA requests. Uh, U.S. CIS processes an estimate of 800 DACA requests from illegal aliens daily. If the Trump administration just continues to work, I'm sorry, if the Trump administration just continues to issue work permits, to illegal aliens as though the election never happened, not only is it an in-your-face betrayal, it also weakens congressional Republican bargaining position. Mark Krikorian, the Center for Immigration Studies, executed a rope in a blog post. Krikorian pointed to the fact that Trump seems willing to protect dreamers. As he said, we're going to work something out for them during a December interview. But Chuck Schumer isn't going to deal unless there's pressure. And the prospect of hundreds of DACAs losing their work permits each day that Schumer holds out is an important element of that pressure, Krikorian said. So here's my take on it. That does not make me happy. I think he should sign the executive order to stop DACA. And also the other one they were talking about, uh, DAPA. He said he was going to. He hasn't. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's uh, th- thank you for that article, Susan. How Eisenhower solved the illegal, okay, immigration. And so my take on that is that, <clears throat> and this is another action uh, point where we need to uh, reach out, whether through Twitter or you know phone calls, you know, to the administrations, you know posts on there, not just on groups, you know, because, I mean, really, if you post on the, the, the Facebook groups, they're really not going to get anywhere. you got to actually go to their page, their Twitter, you know. Now, I think Twitter's more effective because eventually it will get to, uh, you know, the politician, I think, more so effective either than Facebook, to be honest. But I think we really need to contact them and say, look, this is what you said you're going to do. This is what you promised. You need to do it. And I think, you know, especially for those who are getting welfare, I really have issue with my tax dollars 
going to people who aren't even citizens of this country, and, and we're feeding them, we're clothing them, we're giving them shelter, we're giving them education with my, with my tax dollars. No, forget it. We need to end that. You know, I don't think that's right. Nor, and I also think we need, and I wish this article would have addressed that or somebody would hopefully addresses it, is about this, this anchor baby thing where, you know, you have a pregnant, you know, illegal come into the country. They have their baby here, and now their their kids and automatic citizens. What kind of BS is that? I think we need to end that, and I think Trump needs to, you know, not go back on his word, and we need to keep him accountable to say, look, you know, this is something that we, you know, that you campaigned on. Now do something about it. I mean, there's there's a couple things that he's campaigned on that, you know, I, I'm not happy with. He hasn't come through with, and that does cause me some concern. Uh, you, you know, especially this this you know. Dappa and Dacca. What do you think, Susan? Well, um, Dacca and Dappa. Like I said, I was happy about the TPP. I, you know, he's only had three days in office. He can't can't stay up twenty four seven. I'm sure if yes, he can. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's gonna do it. He'll get to it. So um, we have to give him a little time. Uh, to to get to these things, I I don't know if he has some things he thinks are more important than others, and they may not be as important. I don't know. Uh, that's all I can say. I, you know, I. But that does cause that does cause me some concern. Okay. Well, I. We just keep calling, and the congressmen have to do some of these things, too. Uh, oh, by the way, they are in a, what was it said? Um, starting Wednesday, they were going to go into, oh, boy. Um, I used to call my congressman on. Um, they're, they're not at the, you can still call and talk to the Capitol, I mean, to the your your senators or whatever that they are not there. They are at because um, I was asked the GOP to make e verify and chain migration a um, priority. So um, I tried to and it didn't work for some reason. This is the numbers USA. Um, they'll be in Philadelphia on an annual policy retreat. They will discuss which policies will be priorities for the new Congress. So it's important to let them know. Well, unfortunately, it's the 25th, and on Wednesday it was, I mean, they're already there. So uh, hopefully their staffers will get the messages to them. So I'm going to call tomorrow and let Craig owners know how I feel. So I, I, I think on anything you can call, and let your congressman know if they're somewhere else. I think the staffers do get a hold of them when they check in with the staffers. I don't know how long they'll this annual policy treat, retreat last, if it's to the weekend or what. They didn't say. They'll be in, I didn't even know they had one uh, annual policy retreat. That's, I feel really stupid. Uh, I didn't know they had one. Seems like they're always in some kind of retreat or vacation. Or some kind of paid whatever leave for the holidays. 
I'm wondering if they do any work at all half the time. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, you know. I mean, every time you call, well, they're at a holiday. Well, there's this retreat, which I didn't know about. Well, there's this. Well, there's that. And I'm like, oh, do these men earn what we pay them? Oh, hell no. They don't. I mean, let's grab your thoughts, uh, let's grab your thoughts, John. Oh, well, the DACA and DAPA, the things, tried to go through Congress, both the House and the Senate, and they were denied by our congressmen and senators, and then President Obama enacted them through an executive order. So if I understand correctly, President Trump, all he has to do is send a memo or you know executive order to the different agency heads that those particular things affect, and say this is a desist, you know, cease and desist order on DAPA and DACA executive orders one and two, whatever their numbers are, and that's all he has to do, because the Congress and the Senate already did their part, and he enacted this DAPA and DACA through executive order illegally or unconstitutionally anyway, so. President Trump ought to be able to just reverse them with the executive order, but there may be some other aspects to it that I'm not that familiar with, but that's what I've heard, and, and that's what I understand to be true. And I'm with you, Robert. There, I don't like my tax money being spent on anything that I don't approve of. And, I mean, you've heard me say before, we have so much debt, 200-plus trillion dollars physical debt, that we're leaving to the posterity of this country, our children and your grandchildren. And we have, and that's on the government side. You know, not only $20 trillion are we in a deficit year-to-year budget deficit, but the long-term unfunded mandates and all of those debts mount up to more. I mean, there's only 300 and some odd million Americans in America well, gee whiz, if you have $200 trillion with the unfunded long-term um, uh, payables, how much is each one of our children going to have to divvy up to pay that back? And think about this. That's on the government side. Then you have all of the school loans right now that are over a trillion dollars. We've got a lot of people in rears on that. We've got all the credit card debt that's over a trillion dollars that people have to pay back. And we've got... What, 94, 95, some million people that's out of the workforce because the labor participation rate's only 60-some-odd percent, so that means approximately about 30% of our country is non-working right now. They're either on Social Security or they're on some other form of social services like unemployment or SNAP, you know, welfare, food stamps. And that's a drain-out expense that we pay, too. And then you add on top of that the DACA and the DAPA payments that you pay to these illegal people that you, they get all kinds of things. We're just asking for a disaster. And then feds, the Federal Reserve, continues to pump, uh, I don't know how many billions every month into the system. That's why the stock, that actually creates a artificial bubble for the true values of the stocks, the companies that are creating the stocks, because if that company's return of investment for the future has to go out 100 years in order to return that stock price dividend, you know, the full price of its earnings and stuff, then it's going to collapse, because at some point, 
you cannot return that kind. That's like people living beyond their means, you know. So uh, these kind of things really bug me. I think we need to stop all debt. Uh, that's kind of why I'm against continuing funding NASA because we already spent. I mean, SpaceX gets five hundred million dollars now of every year, or I don't know how many times they've done this. It's been three or four years, I know, so far. Elon Musk, and then he also gets another five hundred. Um, billion or something or million dollars for uh, Tesla. Well, geez, all of us have our pet projects. You know, maybe you and I, Robert, want to start our first four-seat flying saucer, so shouldn't we be able to get that funded, too? We all get our special. And I, I love NASA, and I appreciate it and stuff. I just think there's a proper role. Government is about governing. That governing is about the relationships and how we relate to each other, how we interact with each other, how we treat each other. It's not about financing this and that and special interest projects. Those should be left to the individual citizens to do on their own. But when it comes to our security... Yeah, but what if it advances the nation? But the federal government, but what if it advances the nation? Is it that, uh, you know, the the nation as a whole and something that benefits every citizen? But see, I understand. I understand that theory, and I want to give you that. But if every one of these things that we've invested in were such a great return on investment, why are we two hundred trillion dollars long term in debt and a twenty trillion dollars year to year? We would have a balanced budget. Well, because we keep giving other nations our money, and if Trump, well, because we keep giving, well, because we keep giving other nations our our, our money, we keep giving it to feed their people, we giving money to to. Uh, bolster their military, as Trump pointed out in his speech. We're spending all this money on giving people who aren't even citizens of our country. We help subsidize their education by letting them, you know, pay in in uh, in state tuition when they're not even a, a citizen of the country. You know, we pay for their welfare, we pay for their medicine, we pay for their schooling, we pay for their shelter, we 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 feed them. I mean, the the, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, but we don't keep doing it just because it's been done. We have to stop it. So I'm, I'm with well, you that's what I'm saying. We, well, that's what I'm saying. We I can afford we we, we can afford the the the, the public-private uh, partnerships you know, with NASA yeah, and let's say every, an organization like every, SpaceX. If we spend if we stop spending all this, you know, giving all these other governments money for their military and stop giving all this, you know, aid to all these other countries to feed their people. And also, you know, all this welfare, you know, to pay people uh, in our country who aren't even citizens. Get rid of those Robert, social programs. Get rid of those. Because that, how Robert, does that, that doesn't benefit the nation. Robert, hey, Robert. The, 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 the congressmen and senators and all of the different agencies that are responsible to budget those kind of things and oversee them have proven themselves derelict in their duty and therefore they're not trustworthy to handle any more of our money. They need to be kicked out, and we need to run them all off to one group and another group. And like I said, all look into the history of all these projects. The only reason they continue to keep dictating that we pay more taxes or manipulate our tax situation where they have more control and they double taxes, they tax us on the front end and the back end, and triple taxes in certain situations in, in order to continue to drive more revenue. They continue to make the budget higher and higher. They never learn to live within their means. 
It's going to explode. I'm telling you. I agree. Robert, what? though, um, you have people other than Obama to blame for this mess. And Obama, in March 2014, replied until Congress passes a new law, I'm restrained in terms of what I am able to do. And this was in response to the U.S. Senate's Gang of Eight, of which Rubio was part of it, uh, passed mm-hmm. a comprehension reform bill. Um, then House Whip Kevin McCarthy announced that the House Republicans had enough votes to pass the bill, but then Eric Canna lost his primary election, and Speaker Boehner announced he would not bring the bill to a vote. Then Obama delivered the remarks saying he would fix the immigration system as I can on my own without Congress. He, it was all due to the gang of eight and idiots being and all them. Um, and nobody could say much because President George H. Bush in 1990 had the Family Fairness Program. And that's what Obama's thing was similar to. So how could we criticize when old Bushy had done something? You know, I mean, you got to go, you really got to hunt back to see who's to blame. You can't put it all on Obama. But that, the DA, PA, and all those different things, E-Verify, it's all, it goes back to that gang of eight. And, and even, like I said, to uh, to Bush, what, what, what is the Republicans going to do when Bush did things? Uh, along the same line, what are they? What are, they can't say anything. They were part of it. So, really and then just uh, just heard from our, our friend uh, Jim Condit, uh, who would have liked to have uh, was planning on joining us tonight, uh, but it sounds like he had some uh, some plumbing disaster issues, and we want to wish uh, you the best, Jim, uh, on that. I know those kind of thing. Oh, those things suck. I've had a couple of those myself, and. Uh, so it'll keep you up all night trying to deal with that, those things. So uh, we want to wish the best. Uh, we want to wish the best. Wish to you, Jim. Gosh, had a hard time getting it out. <laughs> well, well, but anyway, uh, I, and I just thinking back to your point, Jim. I mean, I'm Jim. John is that you know we 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 spend all this stuff on these people who aren't even citizens. That's the thing that bothers me. I mean, here's the thing. If, if I don't mind having my tax dollars spent on something that's going to actually benefit us as a nation. But what I don't like is having our money spent on things that, you know, aren't going to benefit us as a nation or as a whole. And it's going to people who aren't even citizens of our country. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's where I had the problem. Some of them even get Social Security and they haven't even paid into it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Susan, what was that? Some of them even are able to get Social Security and they haven't even paid into it. <laughs> yeah, they haven't paid into it. Yeah, you get some of the older folks here, yeah, they draw Social Security and they didn't even pay for it. They get some kind of like, uh, so probably Social Security disability or something because they got hurt on their way over here and now they get to get disability. I mean, I'm, I don't have any, you know, examples of that, but it wouldn't surprise me to see it. You don't need an example, really, because back whenever the Social Security thing was started, there was nobody had paid into it. So that first generation of people, all of them took money out of it without ever paying anything into it. But I'm with you on building a wall. I think we need a wall on all four, uh, every 
side of just build the like a I don't know if I'd say the wall of China, but definitely like Israel has at least around their territory. You well, know, and and, the, and Egypt's building a wall too. You know. Well, part of the problem has been building a wall. Part of the biggest issue I have with any of this stuff is we continue to run out too much debt, and this you can't keep blowing up that balloon and that bubble keep getting bigger. At some point, it's got to. And it, I always try to look back in history, whether whether it be the media Persia, uh, Babylon, whatever group, whether it was the ancient uh, Asian empires. Every one of them, it always seems to be the same kind of scenario. They get to a point where the big wigs that think they know it all are controlling everything and being dictators, telling people this and that, and basically using their position of power to um, ingratiate themselves and give themselves golden parachute retirement programs and golden parachute um, services, whether it be incomes or houses or whatever. And then the rest of the country starts to flounder, and then they wonder why the rest of the country doesn't have the money to help keep them rich. So then they start being more oppressive, and then the whole stock market of their system starts falling apart again, and then the people get mad at each other and raise up, and then all, you know what, falls apart even further. And it's been a repeat of history time and time again in every situation, and that's just a very generic, you know, generalization. But it's hard to really truly convey all that and to help us understand in America, we need to get serious about this stuff or we're going to end up just like them. We've lasted for 240 years. That's pretty good track. We're due for a adjustment at this point based on history. Well, yeah, we keep you know we keep hearing about that stuff all the you know the the adjustment stuff all the time. You know, we'll see what happens with you know you know the the, the Trump administration. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I still, I'm still hopeful. You know, and and you and you pointed out early, you know, you know, Susan, it's only it hasn't even been a week. <laughs> you know, so there's only you know there's only so much you can do. You know, and I understand that. You know, just I just haven't heard anything on. You know, that gives me hope that he's good, that he's going to do something about it, you know about it. That's all. But yeah, I mean, it hasn't been that you know long. Give give it time, as you pointed out, but it just. It is a little disconcerting, though. Well, I guess you can. Don't you, you think? Call, I call your congressman and leave a message for him at the White House. I guess. You know, um, I'm sure that you can call and leave messages. I don't know. Get let her out. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can I say? Yeah, you can. Most unless they're oh. full, like John Boehner oh, and. Uh, Ryan, Paul Ryan, I used to try to get in touch with them, and theirs was always full, so you could never leave a message. And then sometimes it's hard to get through to talk to the staffer. Yeah, I've never got to. Clearly, it's morning. Who's that? Really early. (laughs) They open, I think, around 8, you know, and so you almost have to be on the phone because they're two hours. Ahead of us, remember that. They're two hours ahead of us. So if you call at 10 or 12 and it's two hours ahead, you're less likely to get anybody that, you know, or get in through and leave a message. 
Well, I'm curious if it really matters. It seems to me that, you know, whenever the Internet thing was going to be handed off to the U.N., you could just tell by looking at on the uh, Facebook and different places all over the people that were calling or getting in touch with our government to let them know, no, you don't do that. You keep hold of that, control that property. We created it. It's ours. We need to continue to manage control of it. And he went ahead and did it anyway. So yeah, I, don't I, that, I don't think that they really care that you that you uh, protest or go standing out inside of a building and holler and scream or you call them all the time. They just figure, hey, I'm going to let them continue to do that because they at least think they're participating in democracy when you're not able to actually affect your constitutional representative republic because they just, just ignore you. Take that with a grain of salt. Well, I guess they noticed you if you went down there and stripped, but, you know, I don't plan on doing that, so. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, you know, I mean, you have to say, I mean, we do have to get, uh, you know, I'd say, I mean, you do, you do have to have, a, you know, look, look beyond a massive amount of people. I mean, that's what, you know, one of the things, to be honest, it makes all these, you know, women and stuff like that, you know, across the nation kind of scary. I mean, today, I mean, I have to give them that. They do got numbers. I, I think they don't know what the hell they're doing, and they're a bunch of just uh, shrill crybabies. Um, you know, but, I mean, they, 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 they have been able to bring out tons of them. Now, I think, you know, a lot of them are, you know, professional you know, rioters, basically, or protesters. Uh, but, I mean, they have been able to bring, bring up the numbers. And, and the point is, is they don't, they don't know what the hell they're, they're you know, they're, they're protesting for. I mean, they got an idea, but they don't, you know, you ask them specifics and they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, I mean, if I, I, mean I, I mean, at one point, I mean, I would really like to get one of them on the line. I mean, it wouldn't be tonight, obviously, but, you know, get them on the line and, and say, so so what are you so afraid of? You know, I, I did, um, I want to actually have, a, you know, a, a professor on tonight uh, to have him discuss uh, discuss it, but he's, uh, unfortunately he's teaching uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. So we may have to do a special edition and get him on or wait till after his semester. But, uh, you know, you know maybe see, he's a, this is a very intelligent level of a guy, level headed guy. Um, but you know, maybe he could give us a, a rational, reasonable uh, explanation. that though this hysteria, uh, that's going, <laughs> that's going on there. I mean, I even I even personally know people who, you know, are, are you know, I've, I've one person who's literally made themselves you know, sick because they're so upset about the election. It's like, I mean, I knew I was going to be upset if Hillary Clinton, and I did feel kind of a weight on me when, you know, I thought, wow, this lady's going to win, uh, just because, you know, here's the thing for with, with Hillary Clinton, and I take this as it, as it is. Is I was more concerned. Here, here was my biggest concern of Hillary Clinton becoming president. Not even, not even so much of the policies that she would have done, not which would have been horrific. The policies she would have enacted would have been horrific. But the part that bothered me the most about the possibility of a Hillary Clinton presidency is how could someone so corrupt, so obviously corrupt, as Hillary Clinton? Become the president of this country. I couldn't fathom it. I mean, I would have lost all faith in this country, you know. Which maybe that's what these liberals are are doing, but you know, because they really thought she was going to win. But I mean, but the reaction, and going back to our our discussion earlier, is that you know, they they think they're entitled 
to cause destruction and chaos. Now, you know, maybe the chaos stuff, you know, that's fine, you know, fine, I guess. But destruction of other people's property, and, and we're not going to get to a big argument there, uh, John. But, I mean, there, there's nothing, you know, I've been robbed before. I don't know if you've ever been robbed. But, I mean, if someone thought, you know, if someone was angry and they thought, you know what, the only way for me to really speak my mind is to go and, and rob my neighbor. I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, a valid uh, a valid way of um, you know, of using your First Amendment right. I, I don't think I don't I think those two things uh, are they're not the same. I mean, so, you know, just like like or throwing a rock through your window. Well, you know what? That's how I express myself. That's how I'm going to express my anger is by throwing a rock through someone else's property. I mean, you want to talk about property rights? I mean, what you don't you don't like the government coming in and taking, you know, people's property without their consent. Well, what about somebody coming in my house and stealing my property without my consent? Or how about me, uh, someone damaging, thus really taking the value away from my property by devaluing it, by destroying it? I mean, what gives, I mean, is, is that the right to do that? Do they have the right to do that? I don't think so. They're already doing that to you in your property rights of self-governing. Your property rights you own self-governing of you, and you're deprived of it every day because they've deluded or tricked most of Americans into thinking that because they voted, they automatically transfer the power to the congressman to treat you as if you're their slave. They you you own that property. That's your value, and they're stealing it from you. And these other people that are out in the street all complaining and upset, and they've had their stolen, and they just can't get anybody to listen to them. So they figure, hey, I'm going to just bash out everybody's windows till somebody starts listening to me. Because otherwise, they just get run rough well, shot over. Well, that's ridiculous. No, because for the rest of us to turn a blind eye to them, we're saying it's okay for them to be um, – you know, have their property stolen. No, I disagree with that. No, because I don't think I don't. Wait a minute, I don't see people saying that at all. I'm saying that their method is wrong. Is I'm not saying their grievance. I, I'm not saying their grievance. Well, I, I think their grievance is wrong, but because I, I think they're incorrect. But but to say that they have a right to smash people's windows and and destroy other people's property because they feel like they're not being listened to. Uh, uh, that's I, I, I don't think they have the right to do that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If, if I, you know, if I caught somebody throwing a rock through, you know, you know, throwing a rock through my window, there's a very good chance they'll find that same rock hitting up there now upside the head. Because if I if I was to see you throwing a rock through my window, I'm gonna pick that rock up and I'm gonna beam it at. I'm gonna hit. Throw it right back at you. And, hey, if it breaks your arm or if it breaks your shoulder, you assaulted me first. And I'm defending my stuff, my property, myself. That's why I'm trying to point out, Robert, there's no need for that if we respect each other's intellectual property. You know what a copyright is, right? You know what a trademark is. Of course I do. And you know what a patent is. Those are intellectual properties. Well, you also have an intellectual property called self-governing of you and when other people run roughshod over your right to self-determine your self-governing and you know what burdens you and what encumbers you 
they are throwing rocks through your intellectual property window, so to speak, to try to put it on your terms. And when we turn a blind eye to that and allow that to happen to our fellow Americans, that's what they're getting tired of having everybody trample over their house and crush it to the ground. And, and, but do you really think these people? Do you really think these people? These these people uh, in, in the Women's March and and people who are mad because Trump got elected. I mean, are, are they being stolen from because Trump got elected? I mean, they're 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 mad because Trump got elected. Well, I'm getting stolen from, but that don't mean I'm going to go. I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm going to go break somebody's window or, or destroy a police car or, or something of that nature, or or destroy someone's store because I'm unhappy because Trump got elected. Or, or what have you. I mean, there's, there's ways of approaching that. But to say someone's got a right to do that, you know, well, they got a right to throw in. Because you stated earlier tonight, oh, well, they got a right to throw a rock through my window. I, I don't, you know, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Where's the regress of grievances? What, what, how do they get a remedy to their grievance then? If they continue to by, get not by throwing a rock through your window. There's something called the rule of law. Hey, if they're upset, take you to court. Well, if they're mad at you, take. The if they're mad at. If they're mad at. If they're mad at the system, vote. Well, you know what? How many of these people who are out there didn't even vote? Who were causing this? There's a way to address your grievances, and there's a way to not. But to say you have a carte blanche, you know, on on how you can uh, address your grievances, then. I mean, you're just asking. You're just asking for for chaos, and to say that, the well, that, okay, well, because these people aren't being listened to, they have a right to throw a rock through somebody's window, or they got a right to destroy somebody's store because they're not listening. People aren't listening to them. It's not that they're not being listening to. It's more than just not being listened to. You definitely have to start with listening, but you have to be open to the fact that they have a right to self-determined governance themselves, too. So if you have a contract well, so, and you are not included in that contract, then you have no rights to any of the property or considerable value or the promise that is determined in that contract. And they're being left out of the contract. And they have a right to be in the contract. Otherwise, they should not be obligated to the rules and laws that burden them. Oh, so, oh, so, but, oh, wait. So because they, because they feel like they've been trampled on by the government, they have the right to destroy my property. We are the government. We are the highest. We, the people, are the government, every single one of us. The, the what I'm, here's what I'm trying to get you know and, and you know I guess we'll just get back to this conversation but but when I'm when I'm not what I want to hear from from you John is what makes you think they have the right to destroy my property? It's the natural order of things. Whenever some their property is being trampled over. That is their recourse in order to get. Hey, but uh, and look, I'm not the one who trampled on the property. Go, go, you know what? Then, then go through a, go through a rock go through a rock through a federal building. If you feel like it's the federal government that's been infringing on your on your rights, then hey, you know what? Go throw the rock through the federal property, okay, owned by the government instead of someone's private property. So when these Every, when these yahoos, wait a minute, when these yahoos. Are out rioting and they're destroying other people's property, storefronts, people's cars, 
Okay, they didn't do anything. They, they, those those people didn't do anything in the grievance of, of that rioter or the protester. They didn't do anything yes, against did. them. The, yes, they did. Really, I did. What did I do against the person to give them the right to throw a rock on my window? What did you I do to them? You turned a blind eye. Oh, that's right. John, that is absolutely ridiculous. Well, because I didn't because I didn't help you, you got a right to throw a rock through my window. You're begging for chaos. If everyone had that mindset, you know, have you ever heard of Immanuel Kant? Are you familiar with Immanuel Kant? No. The, 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 the German philosopher, you know, what, what basically when they talk about, you know, how do we judge what, what's, what's moral, okay? Well, basically you're saying, you know, as an a priori, then if one per, you know if, if if one person does it it's 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 good for all. So basically, you're asking for, for in that note, you're asking for chaos. So because I didn't help this person address their grievances with the government, they have a right to throw a rock through my window. Okay. I don't know I, if I'm you're not, having a. I don't know. I haven't heard that. So I don't know what that gentleman. Go, go ahead, uh, go, go ahead, Susan. So, no, I, I got your message. Go ahead, Susan. Go ahead. You know, even earlier, I was trying to get and every time you two just shut me down and ignored me. Uh, so, sorry. You, See now, Susan. Now, Susan, are you going to throw a rock through my window now because I didn't listen to you? No, because article. I'm being facetious. Is- I'm being facetious, Susan. Go ahead. <laughs> right to protest and freedom of association, but it has to be peaceful gatherings. That's what it says, and otherwise you're throwing out the Constitution. Same thing with this one. Simply put, right to protect the ability to come together and work for the common good. The right of peaceful assembly, peaceful, every single time you're violating the Constitution if it is not peaceful. To parade and gather, demonstrate support for public policy, express one's views, guaranteed by the freedom of speech, and right to peaceably assemble. Again, we have to go back to peaceably assemble. Now I will take you to the article that we the people, it says on this black limousine, that the crowd set on fire and they destroyed a Starbucks. A corporation that donated nearly 100000 to Hillary, a Bank of America which donated nearly 500000 to her campaign, and then they destroyed this limousine. And guess who owned the limousine? A Muslim immigrant. The damage cost his company $70,000. He said he wasn't a supporter of Trump. But I have a different point of view. I do not agree with many of the things he said, but that does not give me the right to go and affect someone's livelihood. If a Muslim sees that, then by golly, we should too. Peaceably assemble. Destroying those buildings and people's livelihoods is not peaceable. And if you bet go along with that, then you don't respect the Constitution of the United States of America or the Article 11 rights. That that Constitution, Miss Susan, is predicated on the Declaration of Independence. And in the Declaration of Independence, the very first paragraph says that you assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station in which the laws of nature and nature's God entitled you. 
You're a free moral agent. You get to self-determine governance what burdens you and encumbers you. As long as you disrespect somebody else's right to choose for themselves what burdens them and encumbers them in governing, then you turn a blind eye to their rightful property. You don't deserve your your rightful place in governing them. So well, the then, well, then nobody deserves anything, John. Then no one. Okay. Then uh, and I got closing thought. We don't even have time for closing thoughts tonight. But I'm going to finish with this. Then, John, with that, then no one deserves it. No one. There's not a person in this country, not you, not me, not Trump, not Obama, not Hillary Clinton, not anyone in this country deserves it. Not a one. No I one. Do. I do. No, you can't no, one, no one deserves it, and it's going to be – And it, no one deserves it. No one deserves Just their stuff. Say it, don't make it true because I do deserve it. I'm the one that's always preaching mutual assent, not forcing you to. Well, wait, no, you, no, you didn't. But no, because you're, but no, because you're, you're impinging on my rights. You're impinging on my rights for, you know, for, for you know, wanting to, uh, you know, hit somebody, you know, disagree and want to hit somebody over the head with the rock that they just threw through my window because I'm violating their rights. Bye, Colbert. So now, so now, so but 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 it's chaos. It's 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 chaos. So because I don't think that somebody you know should be able to throw a rock through my window, and, and let you know, and so let you know. I tell you what, I don't know where you live, and I'm not asking what where you live, but I tell you what, the next time someone damages your property, uh, damages your property or steals something from you, John, I want you know. Give us give us a report, and I'll, I mean, do you call the police? So if you get robbed, would you not call the police? If someone if someone mugs you or beats you or, or you know or assaults you, are you not going to call the police? But by calling the police on this person, you've just you've just infringed on their on this person's right to express themselves. The way they express themselves would beating the crap out of you. So you're not going to call the cops. You're conflating something with the free will of you to exercise your own judgment over your own actions with governing. Governing is the processes, procedures, rules that we decide together how we're going to interact with each other and how we're going to relate to each other and how we're going to treat each other. We have to all get – We're just going to have to end things at that, folks, because we'll just – and continue the discussion uh, at some other time uh, with, with we've had. Uh, but, of course, uh, thank you, everyone, for coming up to the show tonight. Uh, of course, we will be back uh, next Wednesday at the same time talking about the uh, events of the day, and we'll uh, move forward with that. Hopefully we'll be able to get some of our other uh, folks calling in. And uh, let's go ahead and bring some other uh, people uh, to call into the show as well because it's always they have uh, a, a lot of other voices on. And so let's go ahead, and, and unfortunately for tonight, uh, because of other uh, pressing matters, I didn't get as much time to uh, do my promotion. Perhaps that's part of it. Plus, uh, we've had some things happen with our panel and, and other things, just one of those evenings. Uh, but we are looking forward to uh, being back on next week, uh, still having some uh, other guests. And definitely we want to move uh, the show into getting people to you know go to action, calls to action. And so uh, what we'll do is uh, – We'll bid you farewell for this evening, and I will end tonight, as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear her, more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thanks again, folks. Take care, and we'll see you uh, then. Good night. Night.